the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the Flagship Podcast with your host, Joe Lanza. This show is so good that I would rather listen to my own show that I recorded an hour ago in full then listen to that. These, these people don't know what they're talking about. And they're paid professionals. And Rich Preach. Then, then you listen to other wrestling podcasts. And they all stink. Except for the ones on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. All those are good. But every other one stinks. And we are live here on the Flagship Podcast. I'm Rich. He's Joe. What's going on, Joe? How are you? Eh. Eh? We just talked for 10 minutes. Just, what do you uh, want? <laughs> yes, Joe, how is the family? How's everything going? Yeah, so, um, we did just talk for 10 minutes. So, Pulling back the curtain, we did just have a lengthy conversation. So, I guess we'll just get right into wrestling then. Who needs banter? We're not, the show, we're not a show that does banter, so we should just get right into hard wrestling news. So. This is a show where we just get right down to business. There's no time for any offbeat shenanigans no. or off-topic oh, conversations. No. We just want to get right to it. These people don't need to know anything about us or our lives or anything outside of wrestling. And that's pretty much been our mantra for about 10 years. For 10 years now. Yeah. Quickly, quickly approaching our 10th anniversary here in a little bit. And that's been, yeah, from, from day one, it's, it's uh, an edict, a mantra, whatever you want to call it. It has been the flagship. We, we get to business right away. No bullshit. Business. No wrestling news. That's what you come here for. Professional wrestling news. And sometimes wrestle wrestling analysis, but uh, mostly the news. Delivered in a professional way. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Very other podcasts, except in the No, except in, in the intro there, we did that, but that was a, a, a fleeting moment of, uh, of uh, you know, it's not us. I do not, I do not recall. I, I, I do not recall um, those statements that were said in the opening there. So uh, this is just a down to business podcast where we get to the nuts and bolts of the topics uh, each and every week. So, uh, quite frankly, I feel like you're wasting my time already. So, <laughs> so let's get right into it. Yeah. yeah, I really, I very badly wanted to start the show. I wanted to do like a cold open uh, of this show and just go right into Virgil's tweet about Walter. But I'm, I'm gonna wait <laughs> because I told you I think I could do three hours just on Virgil's tweet at Walter. But I want to, <laughs> I, mean, okay. I want to keep it because I, if we we didn't do the cold open, I was gonna do it and then I didn't do it and then I realized you know what, it's better just to wait. So we'll wait on it for sure. But uh, I cannot wait. I'm. I'm I'm champing at the bit. I'm champing at the bit, Joe, to talk about it. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. there's reverb from Rich yeah. there. Um, I, the the problem is who's tweeting for Virgil? That I don't know. This I this one's usually Virgil is like my least favorite. This side of the Iron Sheik, the Virgil account is like one of my least favorite wrestling ones because, and that's the pro. It's the same problem with the Iron Sheik one or whatever. It started out being like kind of funny. And then it got a little too much, but then a lot of other people didn't get the joke and are still like, ah, ha, ha, fuck money. And it's like, it's not that funny anymore. <laughs> like, it, it, it's yeah. like, it's the same joke over and over and over and over again. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it got beaten to the ground. And the Iron Sheik one, definitely. And, like, the good thing is that everybody, I think, has now agreed. Because the Iron Sheik one still tweets all the time, right? Well, the Iron Sheik one appeals to non-wrestling fans. Correct. Non-wrestling Correct. fans love the Iron Sheik account. Um, 
the Virgil account, I don't know what's up with that or even who's handling it. It um, it ebbs and flows. There's definitely times um that the Virgil account I'm positive is like some sort of handler or somebody that he gave the password to or whatever. And then there's other times where I'm like, I don't know, that could be Virgil. I, I don't know. Like, there's some good pictures in there and stuff and some videos and whatnot. So he's he's involved in it. I mean, the thing is, Virgil gets it. And I think that's the problem is a lot of people don't know that Virgil gets it. And they still think it's kind of funny to laugh. But he knows what he's doing. You, you know, he's very self-aware of, of, of what Virgil is. Virgil was extremely drunk in New Orleans once. And I wanted to put him on the... Uh, on our Patreon lens. And um, he demanded a $50 payment to be filmed. Oh, cu- that was worth it. Lens. You didn't pay that man $50? Absolutely not. Oh, you. I, I remember you telling me the story, and I think I was upset at the time, and I'm upset well, all over again. Well, I thought better. Of, okay, you're going to. But gonna, he, he would gimmick it or kayfabe it or whatever. It'd probably no, suck. no, not even that. You're, you're going to be. You're, you're going to see things my way. Okay. Then I thought about it, and he was so drunk that I thought the wokes would come after us for exploiting a drunk uh, person. Yeah. Okay. That's a good move, right? For not, uh, definitely a good move. Not. I mean, at the time, yes. In hindsight, who fucking cares? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, right. Like, if you're asking me in January 2022, who fucking cares? But uh, Roderick Strong GIF or, or Vine or whatever the hell it was. But uh, no, yeah. It's, um, yeah, at that time, I see why you did that. But now, in hindsight, who fucking cares? So. <laughs> yeah, I was like, he's way too drunk. And no matter how fun this is, people are going to take it as a – because you know how people are. Yeah, for sure. They're fucking dorks. But – um. Yeah, so Nick Gage, he's never sent a tweet, right? Like that's Oh, no, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah no, that's definitely. Um I know like like uh Maki Ito, you're sending your dick pics to Chris Brooks. I mean, that's I mean, that's that's a fact. Uh who else doesn't handle their own Twitter? I'm trying to think. Yeah, the Iron Sheik one definitely has never that's never once been the Iron Sheik um ever. It's definitely been some sort. Of, I think some guy admitted that he was the one or they were trying to do a documentary about him or whatever and and, and basically said that they were doing that. Um I'm trying to think of other wrestler um i'm pretty sure mox has probably never actually sent a tweet except for that one i think he sent his own they were pretty like they're pretty moxie i guess they were pretty moxie yeah i guess that's true like um did he ever like he probably needed help like adding attachments and stuff maybe but um i I don't i don't you think he hits you think his thumb hit that send button yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay, he, he definitely control. handed it to someone and said, "Hey, do this." All right, how do I add a picture, or whatever? And someone did yeah, it, and then handed it back to him, and part. then he hit tweet. I don't yeah, this video on there. I don't know how to put this video on, like that kind of. Okay, thing. but then I the the, the phone got sent back to him, and then he hit yes send or whatever or tweet. Because or here's yeah. the thing: if Mox wasn't tweeting his own shit, why would he shut? Why would he delete his account? Like someone, if someone else is handling, sure, it. right, right, okay. So I I don't know I I I mean. I think he was tweeting his own shit. There's probably some out there that are really, really good at it that we've never known that aren't really the person, right? For sure, right? for sure. I, uh, I always wonder, because I wake up every morning, so I get up at, like, ungodly hours, uh, obviously, and for some reason, every morning when I wake up at, like, 5 a.m., there's, like, this ridiculously horrible inspirational quote from Jeff Jarrett's account every morning. Oh, yeah, they're so Have you bad. ever seen those? Really bad. Yeah, they're, they're, they're so the good. Yeah. And they're clearly, like, timed to set out at, like, but why are they timed at, like, 5.15? They're at the weirdest time. I'm like, why? What, like, Well, listen, those are double J hours. That man's up that's right true. early. Oh, my God. Where a, is the double J account? It's gone. It was just here day. this morning. 
It's gone. I can't find him. it. I can't find real Jeff Jarrett. What the fuck? Oh, boy. Man, because he had a good one this morning. <laughs> it's, it was like an Albert Einstein quote, and it wasn't like that profound of a quote. It was just like, opportunity lies ahead. <laughs> Albert Einstein. <laughs> you didn't have to share that, Jeff. Like, it's not that big of a... Where is Jeff Jarrett's account? Is this some Effie thing are we doing here? Like, are we... Uh... I don't know. Did he... Uh... Did Double J tweet a slur in like 2009 that oh, he's just you're hiding right. from everybody? Um, okay, so oh, did it, that really happen? I'm just kidding. No, I don't know. Probably. Ah, it's his tweet's not loading right now. Shoot. Oh, well. Follows That's us. Good. Follows us. And I'll say, I'll say this. He's like at 5,000 followers. So. He's what? He's, he, he follows the, uh, the voices of uh, a wrestling account, but. Yeah, yeah, correct. Uh, and he only has 5,000 followers. He's only following 5,000 people, so. Is that well? How many people follow him? What's his like ratio there? Uh, three hundred and twenty-six thousand. So that's what I'm saying. Oh, that's, well, that's he slapped. Yeah, he he slapped follow and said these. He did. <laughs> I'm curious yeah. what the uh, so man. Well, we interviewed him once. Yeah. Not me and you. McCarran did. Oh, maybe all of Twitter's down. Is all Twitter down? Maybe we're gone. Did we get deleted? Maybe we got deleted. Good. That's fine. Good. 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 Great. <laughs> I, I hope that. that is the case. I um, hope that either Twitter is gone and never going to be back again, or that our account got deleted. Or Twitter is down. I'm clicking, uh, let's see, Shoot. Rick Baker DMD. She wouldn't delete, right? No, no, God, no. No account. Okay, all right, they're all down. Good. Maybe the Chinese hacked in and, and destroyed it. Or the Russians. Those Russians are always interfering with American social always media. Always meddling. In, in, okay, so I, I yeah. found a cash version of this. Uh, if, you, if you're searching on Google, it comes up. Okay, this is what I got 14 hours ago as I woke up <laughs> Sipped my first sip of coffee and grabbed the phone and I got at real Jeff Jarrett. Quote, in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. Albert Einstein. Oh, you know. (laughs) And then if your day starts like that, I mean, you are going to attack the day, Joe. How can you not succeed? (laughs) I mean, rise and grind. You know what I'm saying? I mean, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. I'm inspired by you just reading that to me. I'm ready to do the best show we've ever done. Oh, let's do it. Yeah, hearing. let's do it. After uh, in, in, in difficulty lies opportunity. Albert oh. Einstein. Wow. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Wow. Oh, here's That's a good like... one from, uh, from a couple days ago. Uh, Joseph Jubert. I don't know who Joseph Jubert is, but uh, quote, imagination is the eye of the soul. That one's a little yeah. too deep for me. I, I like the uh, Albert Einstein one a little bit more. Hey, did you see Summer Rae dunking on Natalia? <laughs> I did, yes. That is going to be... I am now 15 times more excited about the Royal Rumble. Uh, the Women's Royal Rumble match, I should point out, because I know you're going to get confused. I'm not talking about, Joe, the Royal Rumble show itself. I'm talking about the Women's Royal Rumble match that Summer Rae is going to be in. Because uh, I, ho- I hope they make that a thing where Natalia's in the ring and Summer Rae's like, pointing at her, like, I'm going to come get you. But, yeah, it was really good. Because what was the... Uh, what was the qu- I, this, Oh, we can't pull it up. Yeah, let me see if, I, if it's back or I can find it. But uh, wait, it's in the Slack. Hold it on. is okay. So the tweet from Natalia at Nat by Nature was yeah, awful account by the worst. Way. One of the worst accounts you'll ever encounter. Uh, she posted, "quote Freedom is the oxygen of the soul." <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean, Joe? Tell me what that means. And she's got this big goofy smile on her face with her windblown hair. You know, that's the freedom, Rich. It's the oxygen of the soul. Freedom. <laughs> she doesn't even know what that means. No. Nobody knows what that means. So Summer Ray just fucking destroys. I her. can't find the Summer Ray one. Okay. I have it. I'll read some. Yeah, please piece. do. Please do. She goes, she quote tweets her <laughs> for maximum dunking. And she says, sis. Sis. <laughs> Spicy. 
dot, dot, dot. It's a picture of you with a wind machine. What does oxygen in your soul got anything to do with it? Freedom, all caps, skull, skull, slanted, crying face emoji. I cannot. Let me log off. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good from Summer Rae. Because it's the dumbest tweet. Freedom is the oxygen of the soul? <laughs> what are you even saying? What does that mean? What does that mean? I, that, Freedom is the oxygen of the soul. Let me think about this. Let me tell you something. That's so bad, TLB wouldn't put it on the wall. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Just doesn't make any sense. Freedom is the oxygen of the soul. I got nothing. The, I got the picture nothing. just adds so much. It's so good, yeah. Because it's, like... <laughs> it's like she's in like a backdrop with a wind machine and she's got lights on her and stuff. It's like she's not even doing anything that's like... like no. I, I could get like... You're at the top of a mountain or whatever. You know what I mean? And it's a picture of Natalia at the top of a mountain with her arms stretched out saying, you know, freedom is the oxygen of the soul or something like that. It's her at like a photo studio with a, with a wind machine. It's not even... Jeez. Where do they get these from? Where do you get these? Where, where do you get these like just the dumb... Where, where do, like where would I find these if I wanted to? Like every day I just want to receive... I guess Jeff Jarrett's account. I'm already getting them, I suppose. But yeah. where does Jeff Jarrett get them from? John Cena's, John Cena's Twitter account. Yes. Yeah. Where do you get those? Like where do those come from? Now, he just has... He doesn't tweet either, right? He has a... He has someone who just oh god yeah oh no auto no, yeah. tweet no for sure yeah he has a plus he follows a billion people <laughs> we have never gotten the uh, for 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 better or for worse we have never gotten the the random John Cena follow that so many people got uh, uh, every brand yeah. every random person just occasionally gets a John Cena follow and uh, yeah every shindy wrestler gets the John Cena follow and then they all uh, they get send a screenshot of it yeah whoa yeah <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but that's definitely he. He hasn't. He doesn't even have Twitter on his phone. Oh God, no, like, no, he, no, he just, no. Yeah, he, not a chance. Yeah, so he's got someone handling that for him. It's just those horrible inspirational quotes. Um, yeah. So I guess he's another one that doesn't tweet for himself. Um, there's probably some others. I think um, Paul Heyman tweets for himself, but he has a horrible Twitter account. <laughs> Did, now, do you think he posted during the peak days of the hustle booty temp tats? Like, do you think that was him? Had, he, okay, he may have had someone send in those. Okay, but because it was someone... normal between there, like between that, it was yeah. like you could tell it was Paul Heyman. But then, a randomly, you'd get like seven straight tweets about hustle booty temp tats, and you're like, what? With some random Instagram model. Yeah, yeah, it was very strange because I was there I for. S- like, yeah, I thought I was gonna get nerdy Paul Heyman tweets, and then I was just like. Awful account. Yeah, I don't need, like, IG models on, on Paul Heyman's account. I can go find IG models on my own. But he would occasionally argue with people, so it was him. Yes, exactly. Remember he got into that thing with Bix? <laughs> Haven't we all? Who, who among us? True. But I, to this day, I still don't know what a hustle booty temp tattoo no clue. is. Or, or who makes money off of it or how yeah. Paul Heyman makes money off of it. I have no How's idea. How generate money? What is it? <laughs> I, no clue. It's ingrained like, in my no, mind, though. Hustle booty temp tats. Like, it's ingrained in my mind. That's because it's Paul Heyman. He knows what he's doing. He can ingrain anything in your mind. You know? So, even hustle booty temp tattoos, which, is it a product? Does it lead you to a product? What is it? No one knows what it is. Still don't know what it is. I still don't know who, yeah. I think that's why he got in an argument with Bix, because I think Bix was like, what <laughs> is like, a- stop doing hustle- this. Yeah. What is a hustle booty temp tattoo? 
like what is it and then he like argued i, I think that that may have been the i don't it was like seven years ago but okay. I, that may have been the crux of the argument i still don't know what it was does he still tweet hustle booty temp tattoo uh well i'd, I'd love to tell you right now but i can't find out so um that's a good point yeah yeah that that's one of the more disappointing Twitter accounts out there. He should have had a very good Twitter. Yeah, account. you would think it'd be like it'd, it'd be pretty good. Yeah, um, at least some snarky comments. Yeah, anything, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything. Now he's probably just like acknowledge him and just a picture for yeah. Roman Reigns. Yeah, yeah, just talking about my tribal chief, my tribal chief. This is the the lamest portion of Paul Heyman's career. It's pretty bad. It's it's yeah, terrible. I I take uh, uh, peak Paulie dangerously over over this any day. I take I take course. geek I take geek like nineteen year old <laughs> Paulie dangerously over over this. Let alone like dangerous alliance Paul. I mean Jesus Christ, you're oh any any stratosphere. Any, I'm trying to think of any other. Yeah, no any uh, this, any is, this is the worst era. one. Yeah, this is the worst. Yeah, one. trench coat Paul Heyman. Or, <laughs> you know, fucking uh baseball cap fucking Sabu's manager Paul any Paul Heyman I'd love that's a great one yeah is better than yeah totally eyes a commentator bugging. you know that yeah, that was yeah. great eyes bugging out my tribal chief holding the title just anything's better than that um and and anything's better than his twitter account which very disappointing twitter account who else should have a great twitter account but doesn't have uh well I was going to bring up one that shouldn't but does Missy Hyatt great twitter account despite the fact that she probably shouldn't have one but a good one i feel like she's it's hit or miss though when it's good it's real good but sometimes it's not great i feel like she's always inches away from being canceled like like she like not that she ever says anything but i feel like it's coming don't you feel like that well it's definitely like it's very clear that like she has certain thoughts that probably would be there but she never quite does it all the way she never goes all the way. Right. It's, yeah. Very careful. Um, we're probably being unfair to Missy Hyatt. No, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. But yeah, most of the time it's like there's, there's times where, yeah, she gets definitely very close. But then she'll like just do like Civil War reenactment stuff. And then you're like, all right, whatever. <laughs> Civil War. She does. There's a ton of that know, on there. Yeah. But then she'll be like, I'm watching like Bunkhouse Stampede. You're like, what? And then she just like live tweets Bunkhouse Stampede. You're like, all right, cool. Like, Yeah. Like she just surprises you sometimes. You never know what you're gonna no, get out of it. She fires off on people too. She'll she's like, she'll, you know, she'll she'll pick. She'll be like, I never liked Buck Robley. I thought he was a lousy worker. <laughs> right, right, yeah. That's why I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm sure she, yeah, like you said, there's probably a lot of things that she tweets that are are horrible and stupid. But like the stuff that sticks out to me is yeah, her live tweeting like an old WWW show, and then also like burying the workers on that show. Like ah, yeah, this guy, he he stunk. Yeah. Yeah. Or she'll get salacious too about if he stunk in bed or something like that too, which is always pretty fun. So, but uh, yeah. Mm. Anyway, but Missy, I'd say she's a better than she probably deserves to be account. But like you said, she's she always toes that line of getting really, really close to uh, getting thrown off. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who else is good. Everyone's kind of bad now. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm hardly on there, so I don't no. really see anything anymore. But I, I, I do notice that there's just. A new massive controversy daily, and I'm just like I wave my hands and just oh, click out. Oh, it's so out. good! It's so good not to know but that. It, it see was that always the case, and just you're in, in you're so deep in it that you didn't notice, or was it always, or is it newly horrible? The Twitter experience. I feel like it's getting worse. I feel like it is getting worse. Yeah, people have been really. 
yeah, people have been going at each other a lot lately. And um, but you like you said, maybe it's maybe it's just because like you see it and you kind of like crack your knuckles and then you put the phone away and you're like, ah, I don't have to get involved in it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's more. It does seem like it's been a little more lately. I I, I think it has ramped up in in the end of 2021 into 2022. It's been pretty uh, pretty wild. There's been there's been knockout dragout wars like every day on that thing. So yeah, it really seems that way, you know. And the longer I'm away, the less I want to get back involved in that. Like it just seems so uh, tr- not trivial, but that's not really the word I'm looking for. Um, but it, but it does fit. Trivial does fit. Like a lot of it's just stupid. Like what do you? What oh, it's all argument dumb. Even? Yeah, it's all. Ridiculous. What's the point of this debate? Like what? You know, why are you so mad at each other over this? Uh, or why are you mad at this thing? You can't be mad at this thing this much. Is what I come away thinking a lot from you know reading it from afar a lot of the time. Um. You know, not anything specific. Just a lot of time, I'm like, "This is I got everybody wound up." This thing, um, yeah. And then, and then some of the disputes. I don't know. It's, it, I'm like, I'm so glad I'm not part of this anymore. Is is how you come away feeling? It's pretty absurd. And, and then you have Natty. Freedom is the oxygen of the soul. Yeah, you know what? Maybe so, we should all just tweet like her. You know what I mean? Like that. That's maybe that's the best way to go. Is is Get your picture taken, look good, and just tweet some inspirational quote with it, and and, and move on with your life. You know, maybe maybe she's got the right idea. Maybe she does, but yeah. Anyway, let's talk about these uh, ratings because there's some fun, fun ratings here. You have uh, just did a Thursday tier reviews uh, up at flagshippatreon.com, patreon.com/slash Voices of Wrestling. It is up there. Uh, for five dollars subscribers, the Thursday TV reviews, which you get into some details uh, about the TV ratings, but this was a very interesting week uh, on both ends, uh, ratings wise, because Raw came out away, and we'll talk a little bit more about Raw here in a minute. But Raw came away against what we thought was going to be some really, really tough competition from the NFL, and and was still pretty tough competition from the NFL. But Raw came away actually better than it's been in a lot of weeks. It, it, it had some really good demo numbers. Uh, and kind of shocked everybody, and we were thinking, oh, man, you know, last week we were saying, hey, this is a real opportunity for Dynamite to to beat Raw in the 18-49, to 49. but yeah, when we saw these Raw ratings, it was like, yeah, maybe not this week. This isn't going to be the week that's going to happen, and then Dynamite just went and fucking did it. It beat them in 18-49 to 49, uh, by one point, so uh, the slimmest of margins, but a win is a win, and, and, and flags fly forever, but uh, yeah, were you surprised when you saw uh, Dynamite this week beats Raw in the 18-49 to 49 demo? Well, I thought they would they would need to have one of their better weeks ever to do it when I saw the point four three and then they did. So I think the Mox return obviously was huge. The Cody promo was going to be huge because of the whole quote unquote free agency thing uh that was reported by Fightful earlier in the week. And And we'll get to that by the way, for people Because other than those two, I mean originally it wasn't really that loaded of a dynamite. It was the mixed tag which I knew would do well. Because Adam Cole always does well, and Orange Cassidy sneakily always does well, too. But other than that, there wasn't much planned for the show. It was really a very Rampage-esque lineup. I mean, you know, the acclaimed in the main event and a tag involving Lee Johnson and Brock Anderson, which ended up not happening anyway. And it there really wasn't a ton on the show that looked like a it was going to make it a ratings winner. But then over the course of the week, we find out Cody's coming back from the medical thing. We find out Mox is making his return. And now you're like, okay, this has a chance to be a big dynamite. But I still didn't think it would top Raw. But it did. And it was those three segments. If you look at the quarter hours, the three highest quarter hours in the demo were Mox, Cody, and the Adam Cole mixed tag. So a very front-loaded show. 
the the back end of the show uh, really continued to. I mean, you, you look at from nine fifteen onward, it really did resemble um, a rampage. You had Lance Archer versus Frankie Kazarian, you had Serena Deeb versus Sky Blue, and you had the acclaimed versus Darby and Sting. That's a rampage. You know what I mean? So it's like the show was front loaded, but the show did good numbers from start to finish, regardless of being as front loaded as it was. Right. There was just under a million people watching that main event. And that was a big fall from the 1.2 million or whatever that were watching, uh, you, you know, the Moxley part. The show. Yeah, yeah. To, to open the show. And, and like, yeah. So obviously you're very happy that you got 1.2 million or whatever uh, to watch the show initially. But yeah, you shouldn't like the, the graph might look like it's going down, but you still had 947,000 people watching Darby and the acclaimed in the main event when they knew that that was it. There was nothing else that was going to happen. That was going to be the main event. And yeah, so the graph does go down, but that's still a damn good number. The demo portion of the graph is basically a straight line. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and they, they did lose some viewers. I mean, this was just a sit. That, look, that wasn't, you know, the acclaimed are not a main event act. That was, let's put Sting and Darby in the main event and hope people stick around. And, you know, for the most part, they did. So, uh, really great number for Dynamite. And I think they built some things. I think they have a chance to do a really great number next week because Adam Cole, Orange Cassidy in the Lights Out match is going to draw. Mm-hmm. Um, they built to uh, Cody and Sammy Guevara in a ladder match. I mean, that's going to do a number. You've got Mox's first match coming up against Ethan Page. Um, so they built some things on this show that I think could be drawing matches moving forward uh, in the next week or two. So I don't know if all of that is on the show next week. So I think uh, Mox and Page is on Rampage this week. Yeah, um, and, and the Bucks are on Rampage. The Bucks versus Rapongi Vice are on Rampage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're... And you have Hook on Rampage. Mm-hmm. So Rampage should do okay. I think the beach break will do good. Uh, the Adam Cole Orange Cassidy match is going to draw. When's the ladder match? That beach break? That's uh, beach break as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that show's going to do, going to do fine. I don't know when they plan on doing Hangman versus Lance Archer, but that's a very smart feud to get Hangman involved in because that'll carry him until the pay per view. Lance Archer is obviously not going to be his pay per view opponent, but Lance Archer is a good opponent to get Hangman from here to the pay per view. Versus whoever he's going to main event that show against. So, um, you know, I thought it was a really great night for Dynamite. Absolutely. Both from a, a rating standpoint and from building. You know, they they put together a lot of building blocks, both for Beach Break, for Rampage. Uh, they set up some, they, you know, they can they move some feuds along and set some new feuds up. Right, Punk and MJF is probably still that. That is pretty Red much. Hot. I'm circling that for February second in Chicago. That seems like the perfect opportunity to do that match on the, in that show in that arena. Uh, so that's probably when you have that. And and you know you got to think about this too. They're doing this all without Omega or Danielson either. Both of those guys still out. Danielson obviously will come back here in a, in a couple weeks. Uh, Omega still obviously out for a little bit. The Bucks, as you said, not even on this show at all. Like I mean, that's a what's a great part about that number is that it's like you know like it, yes, it, like they built a lot of stuff. They had coding that, but like it wasn't. We always say and we say this every week with Ram or with, with with Dynamite is that. They never feel like super loaded shows. And they could if they needed to. You know what I mean? They could yeah, absolutely yeah. have 
Danielson and Paige and Cody and Moxley and the Bucks and this. And they could do that. They could put 10 different dudes on a show, but they don't need to. And the fact that they can get this kind of number and they can beat Raw in the demo without the Bucks or Danielson or Omega or, you know what I mean? Like, that is awesome. That, to me, that, that is the sign that, okay, things are going well here because we're able to, to, to you know, it, it, it kind of feels in, in some ways, you know, it's not obviously on the same level, but it feels very much like when, when Dorif was fully rolling in like the late 80s and they could do A, B, and C house shows and draw a shit ton of money in the B house show and a shit ton of money in the A house show and then still, hey, you know what's the C house show? Yeah, we're still doing pretty damn good in the C house show too. Like, you have these groups of people that you can use at different times. You don't have to put every single every single guy on every single show and every single woman on every single show. You can stretch it out and spread it out and that is when you're really working. That's when you make people want to see these people and make people say, oh God, we haven't had Danielson in a couple weeks. I can't wait to see him come back or hey i can't wait till kenny omega comes back that is the ticket to have that because all it does is it it, it lets you then now in the future you have something else to give people and you always that's the art of pro wrestling is you always want to be able to give somebody and give your fans something else down the line something else is coming and i think AEW is doing a great job of that as well maybe to an excruciating degree in the case of like mjf and wardlow or in 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 when hangman won the title excruciatingly long oh my god it's taking forever but i mean that's it, it it they haven't it hasn't bit them in the ass yet Right. Okay. Well, let's. Okay. It ha. It hasn't. I. I think. I think when they have a long-term story and set out to tell it, I think they do a great job. I agree. Especially the stuff at the top of the card, the Hangman title chase, handled perfectly. This Ward. This Wardlaw, MJF thing, I think is being handled perfectly, and that's a slow-moving uh, story. Whatever the Jericho thing, breaking up the inner circle is going to be, I think that's uh, going to be a good long-term story. Um, And if they wanted to, like we've talked about a million times, they could do much bigger ratings on Dynamite if they get, if they, because like, like you said, we don't get, we hardly ever get all of the stars all at once on every Dynamite. That almost never happens. Currently, you get Punk on every show. Punk has been on every show. He's going to be on every show. He's probably paying him a gajillion dollars. He's drawing. He's pop. He pops a quarter hour every time he's on the show. You're going to get Punk every week. You don't get the Bucks every week. You don't get Cody every week. You don't even get Hangman every week, and he's the champ. Uh, you don't get Brian Danielson every week. Okay, right now we're getting Punk every week, and you pretty much get Adam Cole every week. Those two we're getting every week. The rest of the stars they go in and out. Uh, you know, even if Moxley wasn't dealing with his rehab, he, you know, he wouldn't be on every single week. So if they wanted to, they could load up every dynamite with all of these stars. They could have them all feuding with each other and they could be doing bigger numbers at the expense of what long-term by not putting all of these stars on the show every week. That means there's slots available for the people that you're building and, and the younger wrestlers that you're going to need to be the stars in five years. Yeah. And that's, I think, when it comes to long-term, top-of-the-card storytelling, Khan does a really great job. I give him an A. When it comes to building new stars, I think Khan does a really great job. I'm going to give him an A there, too, because a lot of these pushes we haven't seen play out. They haven't had enough time. But when you really examine it, he got Darby there. He got MJF there. He got Britt Baker there. There are examples of people who didn't start off in this company as stars, but are legitimate drawing stars now. And oh, Britt Brit was Britt was dead at a point. There was Brit a was point dead as a baby. Face. Yeah, there was a point of what a year and a half ago, maybe or a year and a couple months ago, where it was just like, "What are you doing with this girl? I, this is not going to work." 
This yeah. is just not going to work with her as a. I mean, it was it was brutal. It was bad television. She was one of the worst. I mean, it was just nothing. Her in ring wasn't working. Uh, their character wasn't working. The babyface part wasn't working. And it's like now it's like oh my god, it's night and day. It's yeah. unbelievable what She's has a happened. Legitimate star. And, and you could have given up, and you would have had all the rights to say, you know what, Britt, hey, it's not working. You know what, we're going to put you down card and whatever. And no, they just kind of said, all right, well, let's heel tweak. turn. Yeah, heel let's turn. do the heel turn. Let's tweak this. Let's tweak that. And now she's arguably one of the you know the top five people in this entire company five to five to ten people in this company easily put her in and the top I didn't 10 even mention hangman right you know, that's another one who who they got there with so i think khan does very well in those two things i give him an a for long-term top of the card storytelling i give him an a for star building so far uh the weaknesses i believe are the week-to-week booking i think what khan struggles with is filling time within the context of a feud um, the one example I always use, how many weeks in a row did Sting come out to just chase off Team Taz? And it was the same segment yeah. every single week. And and that's the, the the best example of that. But it happens a lot in, in that company where I don't think Tony uh, does a great job all the time filling the time between before you get to the match because he doesn't want to do rematches. So what's tricky there is, is it's kind of a double-edged sword. It's good because uh, you're not getting the same match every week and feuds don't feel like they're dragging. It's bad because it's hard to fill the time. How many angles can you possibly do to build towards one match? I think with the punk MJF thing, they filled the time tremendously, tremendously, but some of the down card feuds, you see, they have that they struggle mightily in filling the time week to week. Um, I think another area where they could do better in terms of the booking is, um, you know, on one hand, we praise them because they have saved so many of their money matches. But uh, now I'm starting to get the sense it's it's time to turn up the dial a little. I You know, you got plenty of stars now. You have this almost unlimited array of, of potential money drawing matches. How about you give us some now and then? I mean, you know, it, it might be time to I, I, look. You only have four pay per views a year, so what are you even saving them for? You have to do some of them on TV. You have to do some of them on these uh, branded television episodes or on your Battle of the Belts, uh, because you now have more money matches than your pay per views can handle, based on the number of stars you have in your company. Yeah, I think that's a, I, I don't think that's a bad thing though. I kind of think that's a really good thing to have. It is good, and, and and it's something we always praise them for. I'm not saying start giving away Punk Danielson on TV, but what I'm saying is I think we can get some of these people in bigger feuds, and I'm talking about the top stars, uh, than they're generally in on television. I think he's holding back a little too much on the matchups between the stars. I understood it before, but now that he's added all these new stars, I think you have enough stars and enough potential money matches where you can loosen things up a little bit and be a little more liberal in giving away some of your top matches. But what do you think about that? Yeah, see, I I, I honestly, I kind of like that it is still very protected. And, and it does feel like when you do get one of those big matches that it's really something you've... Like, I don't feel like I've been cheated out of anything just yet. I don't feel like I've really waited 
too long on anything just yet. Like, I know there were a lot of people, you know, hand-wringing about Hangman taking way too long. And there's a lot of people now starting to, you know, really get their hand-wringing about MJF and Wardlow. And if that doesn't happen right away, and if that takes a little while. Or really, there's people right now about CM Punk and MJF. Like, all right, when are we going to do this match? When are we going to do this match? I kind of like that. I mean, honestly, it, 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 it maybe it's a reaction to the fact that most modern American wrestling or, or American wrestling over the last, you know, 20 years or whatever has not done that at all. And you just get everything every single month and every single week and da da you get all this sort of stuff. And to me, it's like... I, I, maybe I'm thinking of the two extremes that there can't be a middle ground here, but I'll always take the extreme of that AEW you know is what, at right though? now. I'm not even looking for a middle ground. I'm just looking for a few more crumbs. Yeah, and and that's fair. I, I get it. I mean, personally, I I don't. With you, I understand a little bit because you are. I, I'm watching Dynamite pretty much as a fan these days. I, I watch it yeah. to analyze it to talk about it on the show, but I don't take it to take notes. I don't have to do audio about it immediately afterwards, and that might cloud your thoughts a little bit more than mine, because personally, I don't care. To me, it's like, okay, cool, on Wednesdays, I turn on Dynamite, or I put it on DVR, I watch it on Wednesday night, or I watch it on Thursday night, and I go, okay, that was cool, great, and then I turn it off, and unless we're talking about a specific topic on the show, or or, or focusing on something, or we're covering like a, you know, a, a one of the theme shows, Winter is Coming, or whatever... I, I otherwise pretty much watch AEW TV as as a fan, and as a fan, like I think I like that I have to wait for some stuff. I like that stuff's kind of coming down the line or whatever. But I yeah, I don't think you're alone. I I have a few buddies that always are like, oh, what the hell? When are they going to finally do X or when are they going to finally do Y or whatever? And I just kind of say, hey, just you know, keep waiting, keep waiting, keep waiting. And and I get it. I understand that that might be. You know, for some people, maybe you want a little bit more. You need a little bit more. You, you, you're you you're hungry for just a little more action, a little more, you know, big-time matches. But I personally love it. I, I love the idea that they have this embarrassment of riches and that they can turn it on whenever they really need to. And I like the idea that we have, have these stories that are being told over two years. You, you know, that to me, that is awesome. That to, As somebody who loves, like, video packages and stories building up major matches, I love the idea. Yeah, that, that, that is great. They do a great job with that. Yeah, and, there's no doubt. And, and that's, to me, I, I, I don't want to get away from that. I don't want to sort of get away from that. I like the idea that I've had to wait now two years for MJF and Wardlow and still don't even know when it's going to happen, but assume that it's going to, I mean, hell, we all assumed that was going to happen, you know, six, seven months ago and it never happened. We thought some people thought after revolution, it was going to happen. That Wardlow was going to, you know what I mean? That was before COVID for God's sake. So we thought, Oh, this is going to, it's going to be it for, for Wardlow and MJF. And they've waited for, you know, two years to do it. And when they finally do it, it's going to be that much more impactful and that much great. But I, I, I get what you're saying. I do get what you're saying, but right now I don't feel it the same way you do. And, and maybe that's because we cover it a little different or we watch it. Uh, a little bit differently, but I, I certainly don't feel like I am missing out or need any more sort of big time matches out of AEW. I, I, I think I'm perfectly fine with what they they provide. What about the idea that there's too many run-ins and outside interference? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. On one hand, I agree with it. On the other hand, it's not. I think that people complain a little too much about it because, okay, you know, it's almost become a meme. Why does somebody interfere or run in on every promo? Why? Because that's what wrestling is. I mean, <laughs> wrestling is uh, confrontations and and angles uh, to build things. Um, have there been dynamites where I thought they did too many outside interference spots and matches? Absolutely. Yeah, happened. yeah, yeah. The matches for um, me, that's, that's probably where... Anybody who complains about the promos and stuff, that doesn't bother me. I mean, go watch any wrestling ever, and it's a guy cutting a promo, saying something, and then a guy coming out and, com- and confronting him. Like, that's that's it. That's the essence of it. Set up a it. match or <laughs> right. whatever, yeah. Now, the outside interference and the non-clean finishes don't bother me nearly as much on TV as they do on pay-per-view. I feel like if you're going to do 
outside interference this much on TV, then you should never do it on your pay-per-views. Because especially if you're only doing four pay-per-views a year, WWE is doing, you know, 12, 13, whatever pay-per-views per year, 14, up to 15 or whatever it is. If you count the Saudi shows and everything. Um, and a lot of times their pay-per-view matches are just the next chapter of the story of these two people wrestling each other 19 times until we're all sick of it. It's a completely different animal. When you have four pay-per-views a year and your company is structured in this way, your pay-per-views should be the blow-offs. And your blow-offs, 90% of the time, unless it's MJF, should be a clean and decisive winner. And one person goes over and moves onward and upward, and the other person is the loser, and that's the way it should go. Um, So I would try to stay away from it on pay-per-view. They had that one pay-per-view last year where there was just far too much of it. I can't remember what show it was. And sometimes on the TV, it becomes a little too much too, but it doesn't bother me as much on the free TV. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you, but I, I'm totally with you that I think there is a difference and, and people kind of lump them together. I think there's a total difference between like match that a guy interferes on or a guy cheats on or, or people run in on versus a promo where a guy comes in on. Cause that's no, I don't care about the promos. That's, that's it. I don't want, then it's, then it's fucking edge monologues. I don't want that shit. I don't want a guy sitting in the ring with a monologue, putting the mic down and then walking to the back. Like that's not wrestling. You know, wrestling is talk a bunch of shit. Guy comes out, the guy that you're talking shit about comes out and you guys either fight then or you fight later. You build up to a You know, that, that I have no issues with that. That should be the case. And that has been the case in most of wrestling history for, for forever. So. All right, so you got a uh, bonus breakdown of AEW booking here. Yeah, but, yeah, um, we didn't mean to do that at all, but we did. But uh, anyway, the uh, the the dynamite rating uh, higher than Raw, as we said by uh, by one ratings and point. I thought Raw was shockingly high. I mean, yes, the, the, yeah. Let's get to that. So the the football game did twenty three million, which was a million more than the college football game the week before, and I, my estimate was way off. Nobody really knew what to expect with a Monday night playoff game. I was saying thirty million as a floor. That obviously didn't even come close, so I was way off there. Uh, but I guess now we know what to expect from a Monday night playoff game, NFL playoff game. Uh, about double of what a typical Monday night game does, which is what it did. It so be, If you get some real teams there, it might be a little different, though. You got these fraud teams. I, I cannot like... account for the Cardinals not showing up. That's, that's not my problem. <laughs> fraud. I don't blame people for turning it off. What do you want from me? Yeah, fraud uh, team, and then you got the, the Rams. I mean, who gives a shit about the Rams? I mean, come on. When you get some Cowboys in there or Tom Brady, then we're talking, Joe. You know, Cowboys 49ers did $41 million That's a, Why does that not? I, I really still cannot believe that that was not. Well, I get, like, Monday Night Football isn't the priority anymore. So I think, yeah, I think we talked about like, that last week that they thought and and it showed when forty one fucking million people watched the one on Saturday. Yeah, they 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 feel like that Sunday afternoon slot is the big slot, not the Monday night slot. But the Monday night slot, it's it's just, the, the Saturday slot. The, the first game Saturday is still always going to be the game they think is going to perform the worst, and uh, everybody knew it was going to be that Bengals home game, Bengals Raiders. And generally Sunday, they're they're going to stack what they feel like are their important games. And they're going to put a pretty important game on Mondays. But now we know what the expectations are for that Monday game. It's going to be about double what the regular season games do. Because what do Monday Night Football games do? Like 12 million? Yeah, somewhere, some, in, somewhere in that range, 12 to 14. Yeah, so you know the Monday Night Playoff game is going to do about double. And now we know. We didn't have anything to base it on. I was just going off the college game, and I figured they would crush it. But they didn't. They did about the same number yeah. as, the, as the college football um, – championship game and so you have to remember even though 
even if you want to call the NFL number disappointing, which we don't know if that's the case. I mean, if next year's game does 35 million, then yeah, this year's was disappointing. And maybe you can point to the blowout or the teams involved. If next year's game does 20 million, then that's just what they're going to do for these Monday night playoff games. We don't have any history to draw off of. But the bottom line is Ross still went up against a Monday night football game that did double what it usually does, and they were up. Yeah. So I don't know what to do with that. I don't either. So, yeah, more people just watched wrestling my this week. I don't uh, know. Yeah, what do you got? So we know that Raw drops every year when football starts, right? We we know that. Correct. We can see it. Right. So could it be? Uh, are people done with their teams? Their teams are out, so they're out? No. What no. I, could it be that everyone who – was going everyone who's going to abandon wrestling for football already has right by the time this playoff game comes around and the additional viewership for the football game was just that you know every NFL fan watched because it was an important game so you got the big number but Raw didn't lose any more of its viewers because all of those viewers that abandoned Raw for the NFL have done so already anyway are you following what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I I get that from an extent. In yeah, other words, yeah. I, what I'm saying is Raw Raw by September Raw already loses all of the people who are choosing football over Raw, and the playoff game isn't going to affect that. Right? There's the not new point- people that watch Raw every week that go, "All right, nope, I'm turning Raw off this week. I'm watching the Monday Night Football playoff game." Like so, right? Yeah, those because people I, already did that in September. Right, because the 1.6 million that are still watching Raw during football are going to watch Raw no matter what. They are wrestling fans. They don't give a fuck about the NFL. And the people who watch Raw who care about the NFL have already abandoned it. And we'll come back after the NFL is over. So that's that's the only theory I can come up with as to why the football game doubled, but Raw was not affected. Yeah, but I mean, it, if you look at it too, the, the thing that's got me a little... I, I understand your theory completely, but like December 6th, and this is this is brought up by, by Brand Thurston on WrestleNomics, like December 6th was the least viewed 18-49 Pretty much ever. It was like yeah. 0.35 was the demo there. This had a 0.43. I mean, it nearly, you know, yeah. what, those people were gone and then came back at some point between December and today. And Raw didn't, and they didn't really do anything special. For no, so I don't know. They kind of just conceded defeat. Yeah, and, that's, yeah. They And clearly Raw thought so. They didn't announce anything. They didn't announce any matches. They, they knew, eh, fuck it. We're just going to see what happens. And they ended up with a pretty damn good number. So I have no idea. I, I don't know how to come to the table with any sort of. And, you know, Meltzer made a great point. He says the blowout probably had nothing to do with it because Raw had a bigger than usual drop from hour one to hour three. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that wouldn't make any sense. It would right, because there's probably people saying, oh, well, the Cardinals, they were losing by, you know, 40 by the time. No, no, because it people left Raw. <laughs> but right. people tune into Raw. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's very strange. Very, very weird. Um, very weird numbers this week for, for, for both shows, to be honest. So I propose that we change the name of NXT 2.0 to NXT.11. What do you think? <laughs> That should be the name of the show. The young person show. What was the average age this this week? Was it like sixty three or something? Like you know what? It, it's no, absurd. It, it's it's not even fun anymore to make fun of NXT. It's not fun. The show fucking stinks beyond repair. Wait, one, one. Nobody watches because it's awful. Point one, one, Joe. It's so bad. I know you don't watch it. It's so. Bad. It is so bad. The one AM, the one AM Sports Center, Joe. Point one four. <laughs> the one AM. Yeah. 1 a. M. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Handedly. 
<laughs> yeah. No, I know. That's not even Scott Van Pelt. That's the like first uh, first take at 10 a.m. Yeah. 10 a.m. Joe. 10 a.m. First right. take. Nobody home. Point one nine. Everyone at work. Yeah. <laughs> what? At 10 a.m. when everyone 18 to 49 is at work. <laughs> right. Or not watching for – even if you're home, you're not watching first take. Like, come on. First take. Um, nah, it's a terrible show. Oh. NXT point one one. That's what I'm calling it from here on out. They lost uh, some of these some of these viewer counts between the last the, the the two weeks as well versus the median of the last. So this is uh, Brandon does this. So it's 61 was the median age, by the way. I want to clarify that, and make sure I'm right. So viewer counts in thousands for this week's episode with the difference versus the median of the last 28 days. So essentially, where this week was compared to yeah, compared to what the last month was. Okay, overall 18 to 49 down 22 percent. Male 18 to 49, down 7%. Women 18 to 49, down 35%. Yeah. Men 18 to 34. Now, you would assume of all demographics, the yeah. show, the clear intention of the show is hot women, funny guys. You know what I mean? Like, it's, 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 it's what Bruce Pritchard thinks the Attitude Era, what, what, what made the Attitude Era great was hot women and cool dudes and jokes and stuff, so, right? Like that's what they would definitely. The goal is of all the demos, you wanted male eighteen to thirty-four to rise, right? Correct. They're down forty-seven percent. Yeah. This week over the last month, what? The show's so bad. Oh my god! That even they're like, I'll, no, that that I'm good. Thanks for the that all. Thanks for Manny show, Rose's breasts. I'm good. I don't yeah. want it. I'm gonna go find the them sh- on Instagram. The show is so bad. That all of the sweater meat and giant asses in the world cannot save it. That's how bad it is. You know, the, the 18 to 34-year-old males still are not interested. 50% less watched this week. Essentially, 47% right on the cusp there. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, maybe things I guess I shouldn't say unbelievable. I shouldn't say unbelievable. I should say very believable because the show stinks and it's awful and it's terrible. So, no. We've got Gunther now, so maybe things will turn around with Gunther. <laughs> right? You ready to talk Gunther? Yeah, let's talk about Gunther. Well, let's talk That's about Gunther. All right. Say it the way Gunther said Gunther. it. Gunther. All right. <clears throat> the winner was Gunther. <laughs> it's Gunther. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. So if you don't know, uh, you know. What am I, what am I saying if you don't? Uh, you know. <laughs> Come on. There's nobody listening to this show that doesn't know, right? Yeah, what are we doing? Why are we recapping I'm not going to recap this. Walter's now Gunther. Listeners. Look it up on your own. You already know. If you don't, look it up on your own. Walter is Here, now Gunther. Here's, here's your recap, okay? Yeah, do, do the, the, the cliff notes here of this whole story. They, they, they trademarked Gunther Stark, who was a Nazi U-boat captain, Okay. And then people noticed that this man was a Nazi U-boat captain. So whether they intentionally trademarked a Nazi or not, they obviously became aware that the man was a famous Nazi at some point because Walter is not Gunther Stark. He's just Gunther. They dropped the Stark part. Why else would you drop the Stark part unless you knew that the name you picked was bad news? And then. You plow forward with Gunther anyway. 
couldn't he have just been Walter another week until you come up with something else? Yeah, until you figure out, hey, guys, that name that we wanted him to call him, that's actually a Nazi U-boat guy. So why don't we uh, come up with something different? Now, Gunther, someone in the room has to say, you know what? Gunther, unfortunately, is now out. That's out, yes. Yeah. So come up with some more names, and let's make sure we Google these men before we copyright them uh, to right. make sure that they're not Nazi captains or Nazis. Because if we can. Whether, whether they chose a Nazi on purpose or not, they clearly became aware that they it was a Nazi. became aware. Yes, and then they plowed forward with it anyway, and figured, ah, if we drop the last name, no one will care. <laughs> and in some cases, they were correct. For some people, they were in right some that some people. people didn't care. <laughs> that said, wow, that's really ridiculous. Oh, he's not Guther Stark. Ah, I'm good now. <laughs> well, yeah. the problem with Ryan Satin, Rich. I can name names. Power. I'm just saying in the hypotheticals, Joe. I will happily name names. It doesn't matter for me anymore. So the problem with Ryan Satin, Rich is he simply had to say nothing. Like, wh- like, you sit this one out. He... Yeah, when, when, when WWE copyrights a Nazi U-boat captain and calls Walter that guy's name? Yeah. You just sit he, that one out, yeah. You no, know, well, he, 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 he actually, he tweeted, oh, they're not using the last name. Can everybody chill? Or like, <laughs> however he phrased it. Okay. Why fire that one out, Ryan? Yeah, that, 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 tell you keep that listen, one in the drafts. Keep that one in the drafts, pal. I can tell you a thing or two about not firing out tweets. Don't fire that one out. I can promise you it won't end well, and it didn't, okay? He's losing friends. <laughs> He's getting dunked on from all corners. I mean, th- the problem with Ryan Satin, and, th- you know, and then just a couple days earlier, he shitting on Dave Meltzer because – he was too thick to understand that Dave Meltzer was shitting on KSA and not the Holocaust. Yes. Okay. So that that's like the topper to all of this. Two days after it was a on banner Dave week. Meltzer. It was a great week. Yeah. yeah it, it was a great week in Twitter drama that I wasn't involved in, which actually made it even that much better. Just sitting back and watching it go was 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 something else. Two days after Ryan Satin and Pete Rosenberg don't get the joke and understand <laughs> who the punchline is meant to be, <laughs> right, which is KSA right. and World Wrestling Entertainment, and not. And not the victims Holocaust. of the Holocaust. Yes. Uh, coming from very Jewish man, Dave Meltzer, by the way. Um, that was also a fun one, too. What? I didn't know. Yes. Herbert Come Meltzer's on, son, Dave Meltzer's David Meltzer. Jewish, how do you not know that? <laughs> it's indeed um, Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot what his mom's name is, but yeah, it's pretty clear, guys. It's not even that. Like, like it's well known. Yes. Yes. Everybody. Yeah. Time. Yeah. I forget. So, David Bix sent a tweet out, and I forget what it was, but it was essentially just like, you really think that Dave Meltzer, after all of his years, and he's the son of whoever and whoever, and his name is David, like, I don't know what his middle name was, but he mentioned his middle name, too, and it was just like David Bix just being like, come on, guys. Like, let's, let's. Yeah. Let's figure this thing out. It's not that ridiculous, but anyway. You know, and, and Bix, who's had his issues with Dave. Oh, I for mean, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, still don't think they're on uh, great terms. So, so let me get to my point here. So, you know, two days after the Satins and the Rosenbergs, who absolutely – Ryan Satin has the worst case of Meltzer envy than anybody on the – this man has the biggest hard-on for Dave Meltzer because he tried to become Dave Meltzer and failed miserably. That's what the bottom line here is with Satin. And Rosenberg is the clown. So and Rosenberg, yeah. Well, I'll get to Rosenberg. <laughs> oh, so, oh, there's a special section for Rosenberg. I'm not okay, done yeah. with him. Okay. So the, the, the <laughs> so you have these two guys who don't understand the joke Dave was making. Okay. You know the problem with Ryan Satin and Pete Rosenberg is that they're just dumb enough to not understand that they're stupid. That's the problem with both of these men. We all know people like Ryan Satin and Pete Rosenberg. And they're just not quite smart enough to not realize that they're dumb. 
That's their problem. They didn't get, I legitimately believe they didn't get the joke. And they thought the punchline was the Holocaust. Why? Because they're not very bright. And then two days later, Satin is, uh, is, is compounding that with the, with the Gunther thing and defending it. Defending it because they didn't use they the They didn't last use the last name, so. Listen, maybe Ryan Satin doesn't think it's a big deal, right? Maybe he doesn't think it's a big deal. And he's Jewish and I'm not. And so if he doesn't think it's a big deal, that's his prerogative. But what is there to gain, Ryan, by tweeting that? <laughs> Why would you slap send on that? Even if you don't think that this controversy should be the controversy that it became, what was there to gain? And he just completely buried himself and and, and tweeted that out. Just mind-numbingly stupid. And I know something about the topic. So it's just incredible. It's indefensible. You know, once you find out that it's a famous Nazi, you back away. You can't use the name Gunther now, but they're going to use it anyway. It's it's incredible. You figure they'd go back to the drawing board and come up with another right, right. That that feels like the name. easiest thing to do is 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 send an email to everybody that was involved and say, uh, hey guys, whoops, we screwed up. We we you know that guy that Gunther, you know, we said that we were going to call him Gunther Stark or whatever, but uh, that's actually a Nazi U-boat captain. So let's get back to the drawing board. Everybody come up with some ideas and and let's try to make sure that the name hasn't been used before. Or isn't literally a Nazi? Can we just find a name that's not the name of a Nazi, please? But. This isn't an accident, you, you know, like, like, and that's the other thing too, that, that I think there's a lot of new fans. I, I, I find that out more and more as we're doing this podcast. There's a lot of people that don't know the history of this comic because a lot of times people would argue with us or they still to this day, well, you know, they'll go on our discord and say, no, I think this is no, no, you got to let this play out or you got to do this. Trust me. Trust me. We have watched this company. We have followed this company a lot longer than most other people because most other people are smart and just stop watching this bullshit. You know what I mean? They grow up, they get married, they have children, then they just stop watching this stuff because it sucks. But we still watch it because we're idiots. We're dumb. And you get new people and 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 there's a lot of people I saw being like, oh, you know, ah, they just, you know, they screwed up or, oh, man, you know what? They didn't know and, you know, ah, they didn't Google it. Or, this is a company, again, that went to air with a Japanese character by the name of Hirohito in 2004, Joe. Remember Hirohito? I do. Aired a video showing, and, and if you think, oh, they just, oh, gosh, gosh darn, I didn't know that was the name of the, the Japanese emperor that killed millions of people. No, the video shows the, Jap- the general Hirohito. In the video, it shows bombs going off, it shows kamikaze planes, and it goes, and then yeah. the new generation of Hirohito, and then it says, yeah. Hirohito coming soon. It's like, yeah. they knew what they were doing, trust me. They knew that Hirohito was the name of this guy. It aired once, and someone said, hey, can we maybe not call this guy Hirohito? And they went back, and to their credit, even in 2004, they said, all right, maybe let's not call him Hirohito anymore. But they tried, <laughs> you know what I mean? They tried to do it. They have tried this Many, many times. People have people are finding out this week, hey, Dolph Ziggler is a very e- weird name. Wait a minute. There's a there's a Nazi also called Adolf Ziegler. That's weird. No, it's not that weird. That. <laughs> it's not that. that weird. Is that real? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not the first time. It's not the last time. <laughs> so if you think they're not this incompetent, they're pretty incompetent. They're not this incompetent. See, I'm thinking it's just a coincidence. There's Gunther's a lot of coincidences, Joe. Because <laughs> I didn't know about this Ziegler thing. Yeah, Adolf Ziegler, if you want to look it up. Because, okay, Gunther, all right, it's pretty fucking Austrian or German or whatever, right? Stark, 
again, they've used that. It's Zoe Stark, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Which is weird. They have a Stark already. That's another one. They yes, don't they knew what they were the doing. <laughs> they looked up Nazi generals and found Guther Stark and Bruce Pritchard went, ah, ha, 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 God damn, and showed Vince. You know what I am right now? I'm that, I'm that, I'm that gif. I'm that meme of the guy who sits back in the chair and grabs his chin. You know who I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. That's what I am right now. Because they don't like together. reusing names, but clearly Stark wasn't a holdup to them. And they never reuse names. No. Shane Helms had to become Gregory because, oh, god damn, no one's going to be able to know Shane McMahon and Shane Helms at the same time. So. Wow. They're gonna have They were going to have two Starks, so, yeah. Well, I mean, listen, a month ago they had Jiro doing mukbang and he's not even Korean. Like, just because all the Asians are the same, right? So well, he on this very show, game. we have a Japanese schoolgirl now that uh, has an amulet, so. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> I think that they might know what they're doing. And I just don't think they care. Yeah. And that's a problem. <laughs> because it, it, this week too, we heard Ali say, and he didn't. He didn't get into specifics. He didn't get into specifics. But if you read between the lines, he basically said that he was pitched something that he did not want to do. As as a Muslim man, he did not want to do it. He didn't say anything more than that. I don't know what it was. Who knows what it was? But again, I've watched this company enough to know probably what the pitch was. You see what I'm yeah. saying? So I don't like. Yeah, you know. Well. They didn't use the last name, guys. What's yeah. the big deal? <laughs> so they saw it, knew it, yeah. and then took the last name out and said, you know what? Fuck it, he's Gunther anyway. So he's Gunther. Yeah. I think Aaron Bentley had a really good tweet. It was like, uh, he quote tweeted Satin and was like, don't worry, guys, it's not that Adolf. <laughs> no, I, I know exactly what it was. It was, yeah. So Aaron Something Bentley, host like of right? uh, Everything Elite. Yeah. Let, me, let me grab it for you because uh, it was great. I think it was like, ah, uh, no, he's not Adolf Hitler, guys. He's just Hitler or something like that. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, something like, like that. Yeah. It was yeah. something like that. Let me get the exact wording because it was great. <laughs> is, uh, is, is the Twitter back up? Uh, it's being kind of clunky for me still, so I don't know if it's up for everybody else. But uh, right. well, at any rate, it's a good tweet. <laughs> it's a very good uh, tweet. So go find Aaron Bentley's account and find it because, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty Aaron, awesome. But, uh, yeah. Aaron so, like the car. Aaron well, like he used to be that. I think he's just Aaron Edge now. I believe he's Aaron Edge on Twitter. Yes. Oh, wow. oh was he not? Fuck, I thought he was Aaron Edge. Aaron Edge. That's getting a... I'm ripping him. I'm sending... I'm sending no, that's his email account. That's his email account. I'm sorry. That's okay. his email account. All right. Uh, he was about to get buried in a text message. <laughs> to show this if, his, if his name was Aaron Edge on Twitter now. <laughs> That'd be awful. Um, All right. It is Aaron like the car. You were right. Aaron like the car. Aaron like the car. I bet you he set up that email address when he was like 16. So we'll yeah, I have some pretty terrible email addresses too. So it's, it's okay. Uh, anyway, it says he's just Hitler now, not Adolf Hitler. So everybody calm the fuck down. <laughs> it's right. perfect. Yeah, which is which a is quote tweet of what. Yes, Ryan Zed said he's no longer the Nazi name. He's just Gunther. So everybody calm down. Yeah. Which you can't fire that one off. No. You can't. Um. But, you know, the thing is, at the end of the day, he's going to be Gunther, mm-hmm. and it isn't going to matter. No. Like, it won't Who cares? matter that he's Gunther. No. People will be outraged for this week and then not care again. Then the next time something horrific happens in WWE, they'll go, oh, my God. Yeah. Make it make sense. I can't believe it. And here's the thing. Like, Walter is a is an incredibly stupid wrestling name. But it's like we always say with wrestling. Oh. Yikes. Whoa. That's a puke burp. 
not good. Hold on a second. I got to take a drink of this uh, Snapple Kiwi Strawberry. Hold on. Ah, I still got that. It's going to be hard. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's in your throat for like another 45 minutes. Yeah. That's not going away anytime soon. You got the like acidy flavor in the back of your throat and it just hold on. Oh, man. Awful. (laughs) Awful audio. (laughs) It's brutal. Then you try to like get it out. Um, Wrestling name. Yeah. Like Walter is a horrible wrestling name. Yeah. It sounds like an accountant. But the thing is, he's had it so long and he's been so great with it that it's not horrible anymore. He's made it cool. Yeah, he's he's made it cool. Right. So it's like it's not that. So that argument doesn't work either. Oh, well, Walter's a dumb name. No, it used to be now. You know, now it's good because we know him as that. And he was oh, and he was really good. So now it's just it, 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 it. all bad wrestling names. Eventually, you don't notice them provided the wrestler performs well. Right, right. Then it doesn't matter anymore. You know, that's why you can't really... Right. The Rock is one of the most popular characters of all time, and his name is The Rock. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that would get soundly mocked if his career didn't work. You know, like, we'd still be making fun of it today. But, um, so, on, like, on paper, there's, like, no real difference between Walter and Gunther, other than they want to own a copyright, and he wisely probably wouldn't give them the copyright to Walter, Right? Because otherwise, why would they change it? They obviously, he's here now. They're going to use him more frequently. He wants to keep the name because he knows he could be cut in fucking three weeks. So, you know, from that standpoint. Well, yeah, he saw guys. I mean, the the, the last wave of guys, because WWE was big into like, hey, you know what? Keep your name. Do whatever. They they, they have not flow all the time. They're into sometimes they're a keep your name company and sometimes they're we're going to change everybody's name company. What they were doing with the last wave of, of, of NXT signees before uh, the hammer came down in NXT 2.0 or whatever. It was they were saying, oh, yeah, yeah, you can keep your name. You know, I'm just going to insert an example here. Kurt Stallion. But we need the rights to Kurt Stallion. And right. When you get that call and you get signed and you're all that, you're thinking, all right, well, great. I'm with this company now. I'm with NXT. Everything's going great. Yeah, sure. You can have Kurt Stallion. And then they, when they release you in four months or whatever, now you have to be Stallion Rogers or FKA Kurt Stallion or whatever. Yeah. I'm just using him as one example. I'm not saying he's yeah. an idiot because a lot of people are like, oh, what a dumbass, what an idiot. But like, you don't, you know, when you get signed by them, especially at that time when it was still like, you know, a job yeah. that, like, I get it. I get how you're thinking. Oh, well, this is my dream job. This is all I've ever wanted. All right. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Cool. Great. Great. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah, and I can keep the same branding and yeah I'm yeah that's all character. oh that's what my twitter account is already that's what everybody knows me as already whatever you don't I'm think gonna head, i'm gonna headline wrestlemania right yeah, yeah you don't yeah. think about the time when you get fired and then go oh crap what am i gonna call myself now they have my yeah. old name or in yeah. some cases they literally own my name <laughs> like you know that that it causes a, a a big issue and and yeah so walter's smart to say no that's i'm walter you're not taking walter han you know what i mean like you're, that's that's my name that's that's i'm keeping that name or whatever but uh, yeah, so good for him to do that. But um, yeah, it, it's it's an ominous beginning to the. Uh... Hey, you know, now that I think about it, if his name is Walter Hahn, they can't stop him from calling himself Walter if he leaves, right? I it's his fucking name. Don't think so. They might have weird, and again, somebody that has more understanding of trademark stuff that yeah like maybe you can't use that in a wrestling set like like walter all caps just walter like that kind of deal right or like you know they have the they have the rights to use it in the professional wrestling sports entertainment capacity and yes you can use it like to you know host a television show or whatever but you can't use it in a professional wrestling atmosphere i don't know i think if it's i think if it's your real name they can't 
I you I would hope trademark yeah. someone's birth name. I don't think you could do yeah, that. Yeah. I think there's been instances where you, they they just can't. I think that's why they change everybody's names because they want to own you and own your likeness at least. Um, so that's an interesting one too. Like if that's the case, why would he? Uh, why would they want to change the name to begin with? Since he's been Walter in the company for this long, and if they can't technically prevent him from using it elsewhere. That this is a this whole thing is really weird. It's very strange. It's just it's perfectly yeah. NXT 2.0. It's perfectly modern WWE, which is just the dumbest, weirdest possible thing in the universe. Uh, and it it, it it shocks you every single week. A new a new ridiculous thing happens every single week in this company. It's just it's it's wild. But uh, let me get to this Virgil tweet here real quickly, and then we can move on to the other some other stuff here. So this is at the real Virgil, and the picture here is Virgil in, in getting a picture with Walter. They're doing an awesome worker handshake here, like a great handshake. Walter seems very pleased about it. Uh, Virgil is just Virgil as, as, as usual, and it says, "Quote Walter, you need to grow a pair. Seriously, you should be embarrassed. Even I, who was humiliated as a slave, I should have fought harder. But this is today. You should have known better, man." I wish I charged you more for this pick when you begged me for it in the first place. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack uh, there. There is a lot to unpack. So um, starts out just Walter, you need to grow a pair. Seriously, need to be embarrassed. Okay, that was fine. Whatever. Even I, who was humiliated as a slave. And then, (laughs) so instead of just continuing the Walter, he goes into a little thing, says, I should have fought harder. But this is today. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like in his mind, he's thinking... Yeah, yeah, he was, he's thinking about the character limit here. Because he's thinking about going into a thing about it. You know what? I was portrayed in a horrible sense and in a horrible character, and I should have done more about it. But he fires it off real quick. Just a real quick thought about it. I should have fought Darter, but this is today. Okay, moves on. Because he's back to the... Well, you know, Virgil doesn't want to be called a hypocrite, Rich. No, you know, no That's no. the last thing that Virgil wants is to be called a hypocrite. Yes. So he had to get that in there. Uh, you should know better, man. And then... the So that's just kind of boilerplate stuff. You should know better, man. And then the final part is just the, the, the best. I wish I charged you more for this pick when you begged me for it in the first place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And if well, you look yeah. at the picture, I mean, Walter is extremely happy to have this picture with, with Virgil. Virgil... I mean, what is the percent chance? I don't know when this picture is. It's probably many, many years ago. What is the pre- Virgil has no fucking clue who Walter is, right? Until not a, not, like not a chance, not a four chance. months ago, right? Or or a couple weeks ago, probably, right? Really, I still think he doesn't. <laughs> right, that's a very safe assumption. Yeah, in <laughs> the Walter is come on. <laughs> well, Walter clearly knows Virgil, obviously. And you can tell Walter's very happy to have this picture. So I love the. I wish I charged you more for this pick when you begged me for it in the first place. You know, what's funny is I think Walter, I think Walter was taking that picture as a meme and it turned out to be. He uh, got owned. He got him. owned by yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Because now, now he has the look yeah. in his face like, ha ha ha, I'm doing a photo with Virgil. Yeah. yeah. And it has been, the, the tables have been turned now and Virgil is using it to dunk on Walter. I mean, it, it's. Maybe he did pay just to have the picture with, uh, with Virgil. How much do you think he charged him? I don't know. I could tell you straight up that Virgil won't do shit unless you're handing him money. Like I know firsthand. You know that, that man wants to be paid. He don't do shit for free, so maybe he did pay him. I don't know. What do you think? Fifty? You think he paid fifty for that? You were trying to get him on video, and he doesn't know who you are. But he doesn't know who Walter is either. So I wanted to get him on video, and he didn't know who I was, and he was extremely drunk. Okay. So that I, you know, who knows if the rates were probably a little higher. Time. Video, he probably has a higher video rate, and 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 when he's intoxicated, that was <laughs> probably a higher video rate. rate. Well, I'm sure, Which, right? The man could barely stand. <laughs> I don't think he was thinking about his video rate. Versus. Oh, you don't think Virgil? Virgil's always working, man. Come on. 
he okay he was so bombed he was the kind of drunk where you just he reeked of alcohol like it was coming out of his pores it was just yeah Uh, which good for him he's partying in new orleans he wasn't working that night actually he was because he was in the cluster (laughs) but (laughs) that's the other over there the point here he wasn't working in that moment he was just hanging out watching the show with uh with me and uh, Justin Bissonette, we're standing there watching whatever fucking show it was. And Virgil just decided, I'm going to watch the show with you guys. And there's no way he knows who Walter is. He didn't know who anybody was on the show. <laughs> then he just, then he like, t- he left. Then he got into the match. Then he got thrown out of the match. And then he came back. That also, he came, out of the, he came out of the ring, came back to where you guys were? Yeah. Incredible. The best. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's I, that's that reminds me of when uh, uh, it was myself, uh, Sean Flynn, who's probably listening to this as well, and and Taylor Mainberg, who uh, co-hosts the Jumping Bomb Audio on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. We were at the uh, Blackcraft show, and uh, Teddy Hart was also on that show. So uh, behind us, Teddy Hart is uh, is walking around. He's got Mister Money or whatever with him. I forget which number Mister Money this was, but it was a Mister Money or it was a cat. But they were all called Mister Money, right? Yes, we're all. The, uh, I think they were Mr. Money two, three. It's like it's like Uga. You know what I mean? It was all in the lineage of Mr. Money's or whatever. So he claims um, they were all. The, he claims they were all bred from the same. They didn't like, look the same. They were t- clearly different cats, right? Rich, it's Teddy Hart. I mean, <laughs> right, I, right. I guess I'm trying to find logic in Teddy Hart. That's not a good well, thing I, to do. I can assure you that each of those cats was a trained professional. Exactly. Yes, as Gabe Sapolsky let us know. Perfect. That's yes. a classic. That's a classic. Um, yes. Got to Got to we gotta get to Teddy and Gabe on uh, our tenth anniversary show to recreate that story. Not Teddy. I'm joking, people. I don't want Teddy, Teddy? on the show. I'm he kidding. Call collect from the clink. I mean, <laughs> how are you gonna win? Right? Yeah. Uh, is he in jail? Actually, let's see if that Twitter account. Uh, I don't know if my Twitter's working right now. Twitter being down is a problem. Is you know Teddy that? Hart For, in jail? You don't realize how much you reference Twitter until yeah. Twitter is down. Uh, no, we don't have to call him from the clink because uh, at is Teddy Hart in jail says eight hours ago. No. Ah, oh, why isn't anybody booking them? Yeah, so there you go. Well, <laughs> for, a mul- for a multitude of reasons, Joe. But uh, yeah. anyway, so that reminds me, uh, a similar story to that is, so Teddy Hart is behind us. He's with Mr. Money. Uh, some guy comes up and says, hey, you want to uh, you want to smoke Teddy? And Teddy goes, oh, yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, man. He's like, I'm not up for a little while. And so the guy goes, okay, let's go outside. And Teddy goes, ah, fuck, nah, rip that shit right here, man. Who cares? <laughs> like, it's a crowded arena, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, this, like, just whiff of weeds. I mean, just a cloud comes. And this is a big, big thing he's smoking here. This is a yeah. giant thing that this guy had. And this guy had all intent that, like, Teddy was going to take a couple things, you know, a couple hits outside or whatever. No. Teddy does it right there because he doesn't want to get away from the gimmick table. You never know when someone's going to come by a gimmick. Right. Because this dork thought, oh, let's go hang out outside. And Teddy's like, no, I, I got to sell these 8x10s, man. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Get out of here. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, someone might come. So he just starts ripping. And then, like, we're thinking, all right, it's going to take a couple minutes. Like, 10 minutes later, he's still just ripping the fuck out of this thing nonstop. So it just reeks of weed. I'm just like, God damn. I'm getting contact high from Teddy Hart here. And then all of a sudden, a match is, is going on in the ring. And he goes, oh, fuck, I'm running in on this one. <laughs> and then he, tra- he walks away. <laughs> He, he runs in, he does whatever spot it was, I forget what it was, yeah. rolls out of the ring, and then, similar to uh, what Ultimo Dragon did at, at, at AEW when I saw him one time, uh, Teddy Hart rolls out of the ring, doesn't go back to the entrance, goes back to the crowd, back to the gimmick table, and uh, 
back right, to ripping yeah, the blunt. Right back to the gimmick table. <laughs> right yeah. back to the blunt. So. Probably no selling whatever he just did. Yeah, whatever he did didn't matter. Right back to the blunt, right back to selling the gimmicks. It was just... Uh, this was Blackcraft? Yes, yeah, it was that Blackcraft. Oh, well yeah. then who cares? Yeah, nobody and cared and it was perfect. Nobody there cared. It, it just, it yeah. made just an, a, another great part of, of the Blackcraft experience that I had. But uh, yeah, Ultimo yeah. did that too when he went to uh, uh, AEW. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, he got out of the ring. He had a match. He won the match, of course, as as <laughs> well. Dragon Sleeper uh, got the the tap out. Every other everybody else goes out through you know the entranceway. He he did it at intermission. By the way, this match was right before intermission. Rolls out of the ring over the guardrail, right to the gimmick table. <laughs> Just never, never saw the backstage area. Didn't care. Just wow, no, selling no the, interest. Selling the masks, yeah. selling the gimmicks, and I have one of the masks from those from that gimmick table. So. Looking at it right now. Well, I mean, hey, if Ultimate Dragon's going to sign an Ultimate Dragon mask in LaSalle, Illinois, come on. Yeah. I'm buying that one for sure. So, LaSalle, yeah. Well, he got to see beautiful LaSalle. He got Illinois. to see lovely LaSalle. Great that time of year, uh, the year that he came. I don't know what it was, uh, what time of year it was, but. Uh, Did he get lovely. to go to Gary, Indiana? Um, I don't think so. He'd be nowhere near Gary, Indiana. I don't know. Oh, I'm not sure. Know. Yeah, I don't know. To, I don't... Me, it, to me, they're all an hour apart. Yeah, well, it's like the but... Texas theory where people are like, oh. Yeah. You ever go to Houston? You're like, no, that's like nine hours away. Yeah. So no, I don't go to Houston very often. So Yeah. I saw some article online that said Gary, Indiana was like the worst city in America or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty accurate. It's a terrible city. Yeah. Just there was... nothing to do and just, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, not great. Um, yeah. Very, very abandoned. Um, abandoned? Oh, oh, yeah. Right. oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's a big town. It was a big town for, for many, many years. And then it wasn't a big town. And uh, everything just kind of got up and left. Um, yeah, it was not, it's not great. Yeah, that was the only town where, yeah, oh, it's bad. Yeah, one time we were uh, on the highway, because uh, there's a busy highway 94 that goes right through there, and you can get off the highway and take side streets if you want to, you know, avoid some of the traffic, and we did that once when we were like 18 or 19 or whatever, and we're driving through Gary, and a cop pulls up next to us, and I'm like, oh, God, here we go, Yeah. and he rolls down the window, he, he does kind of the, hey, roll down your window motion to me. And says, I saw you stop at a stop sign back there. And I was like, oh, did I do a rolling stop? I'm sorry, man. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't mean to. I was kind of, you know, going a little quicker than I, than I, I was anticipating. He goes, no, no, no. Don't stop at any more stop signs, man. Just get the hell out of here. What are you doing? I was like, what? okay. Yeah. He was like, no. He's like, what are you stopping at stop signs for? Just go. I'm like, okay, all right. So is Gary dangerous? Uh, it's not great. Yeah, we saw a, a uh, robbery in process, uh, in progress while we were there. Somebody had uh, bolt cutters getting into a house while we were there. So. All right, well, Gary sounds like it stinks. Not great. Yeah, and there was a dead um, dog in that front lawn, too. So that was great. Yeah, oh, was a, and a dead dog. Yeah, nice. so, yeah, Gary's not great. Yeah, Gary's, uh, Gary's a rough... It, it's it's a very good uh, representation of the uh, the Rust Belt and the collapse of the Rust Belt in America. So if you want to mm. get to... There's some meth cooking going on in some basements in Gary. I would say the there's a lot of stuff going on there, yeah, but... Um... All right. Now that we've insulted all the great people of Gary, and nah, Gary, they're fine. They, they. Um, Freddie, Gib- Freddie Gibbs will be upset. Yeah, Freddie Gibbs might be upset, but everybody else will be fine. So, the fuck is that? A rapper, a modern rapper, Joe. Come on, not that old. Not familiar with Freddie Gibbs. Give me some uh, little peep. I can tell you something about little peep. <laughs> can you tell me about little peep? But, uh, that he's dead. Okay. What um, else can you tell about little peep? Face tattoos. Okay, you're big, good. You're big good. fan, big fan of Xanax. I don't know. That's pretty much all. I <laughs> that's, have. that's that's about it. Okay. Um, um. So okay. So we're talking about NXT 2.0 here. Uh, somebody brings up in the chat room Duke Hudson. Can I talk? Because I did see a clip from Duke Hudson this week on NXT. I 2.0. would love to talk about. Duke so let's Hudson. talk about Duke Hudson. So okay. So Duke Hudson, he's a not gambler. On the run sheet, by the way, but what was that? Not on the run sheet, but I would no, love no, no. To talk about just Duke a, just a quick Duke Hudson thoughts because I watched I watched some uh, uh some little oh. And Ricardo in our chat room says Gary has a nice minor league ballpark. They do. They have a very nice minor league uh, uh, baseball stadium. 
well, there you go. The Gary Railcats. They have. Uh, run to a game they, there. Who are they? In a they're indie. They're indie. They're indie. They're indie. Oh, so. It's an indie team. Yeah. Okay. And and you can go visit the childhood home of the Jacksons if you'd like to as well. Oh, Jackson Five. Yeah. The the very same. A B C. Easiest one, two, three. That's a Jackson. Were you play? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were playing a clip from. Yeah, I, listen. It's a really good rendition. I understand <laughs> sorry. why there'd be confusion. I was wondering because yeah. You, you, yeah, no, it's good. Okay, anyway, do cuts and talk. Um, so I'm watching NXT 2.0 in, in, in prep for uh, this show, watching some clips in here and there. I see Duke Hudson returned. Okay. To NXT 2.0. Okay. Is he still wearing that blonde wig? No, he has hair again. Okay. So here's uh, what happened. Amazing. Here's this is what happened. This, this NXT 2.0 is so fucking horrible. Terrible and shit. this is the greatest representation of it. Okay. Duke Hudson is a poker player now or whatever. He loses the 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 hair match to to um fuck who did he lose to? I'm for blanking on Trevor the for, the former Trevor Lee. Whatever. What's his dumb name now? <laughs> what's his name now? I don't know. Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes. He loses to Cameron Grimes. Yeah. And then he does the uh you know, they go, "Oh, he's going to look hideous." You know, Wade Barrett. "Oh, he's going to look hideous. He's going to look hideous." So then he wears a wig for a couple weeks, right? The blonde wig cuz he doesn't want you to see his bald head. Correct. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Nobody pulled the blonde wig off, right? He just wore the blonde wig. Uh, yeah, correct. Yeah, to my knowledge. Yeah. Okay, then he went away for a couple weeks. He did, and then he came back. Now he just got hair again. So he grew his hair. Yeah. He's not referencing the no. the no more blonde wig. No, it was held on by the Scott Steiner headgear. Yes, yeah, Josh of course, Alexander of course, of course, of course, yeah, yeah. And he was saying, no, I did not get my head shaved, even though this is not my hair color and not my hairstyle yeah. that I had last They didn't week. even pay that off. No. Well. They stink. It, what are you NXT doing? NXT What you are know? you doing? At least show the guy bald for one show, right? You do the head gimmick for a couple weeks, but then Cameron Grimes gets him one time in the ring or whatever, and you do the big buildup, and he yanks it off. And Duke goes, ah, you know, he's all bald. He looks hideous. And maybe there's some patches still there or whatever. And he goes, ah, then he runs to the back. And it, you, they didn't even do that. They suck so much. Come yeah. on. Well, you know. Schoolgirls, jacket time. Jacket time. Daddy's girl. That's real creative, jacket time, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> one guy wears a jacket. Yeah. It's unbelievable. <laughs> And now Guther. Now Guther Stark. So Guther Stark, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Oh my goodness. All right. Let's get to some other stuff here. Before we do that though, I do want to let you know, Joe, this episode of the Flagship Podcast is sponsored by our friends at my bookie. And even though fantasy football season is over, you can keep the excitement alive with my bookie's double deposit bonus. Having your initial deposit matched up to a thousand bucks is like playing every game. With home field advantage. All you have to do is sign up and use the promo code voices and get your funds credited to your account instantly so you can start placing your bets with MyBookie. With the NFL postseason in full swing, there is no shortage of games to choose from at MyBookie, and everybody knows the playoffs equal points. So we talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, you can do the uh, hammer the overs if you really want to. I don't know if that was going to work out for you great last week given uh, some of the blowouts, but anyway. It doesn't even matter because they have player prop bets as well. So with every player out to make a name for themselves this season, you can get player bets, player props, 
great way to find an edge and, and get some good betting in there too. So my bookie is also a whole new exclusive contest that can be used to maximize your winnings and make 2022 your best year yet. Don't miss out. Double your first deposit up to $1,000 by using that promo code VOICES. Place your bets and get ready for the intensity of playoff action. All right, Joe. So we're not going to talk playoffs here, but I was given some good information by uh, Joe Gagne, the host of the five-star uh, match game on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network, that mybookie.ag, promo code VOICES, the Royal Rumble odds. There's some better Royal Rumble odds out there. You ready to hear some of these? Oh, yeah. Let's hear Let's them. do them. So yeah. there's really good Royal Rumble odds here. Then some ones For entertainment I, purposes only. For entertainment purposes only. I would never, ever... Oh, God, I got to... One moment, I need a pin for my... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Horrible bit. You're not even logged into the site. I thought I was, and then I unlogged me. Get, get me out of here. I don't want to do this pin. How do we get this pin? Hold on. I'll save the bit. Hold Jesus on, Christ. Well, they didn't send me the pin. I'm waiting. Am I getting an email? Well, luckily, luckily, Rich, I am always logged in <laughs> to mybookie.com. Uh, so I am prepared to uh, pull up up now that now I'm getting a buffering wheel. What's happening? This is what I'm saying, man. They're, and they, I haven't yeah. sent me my pin. I'm waiting. All right, you know uh, what? Screw you guys. You don't need a pin. Just uh, no. Get, no, it won't let me do anything. I won't even give them get past. Get out of here. Yeah. I got it. WWE specials. What would you like to know? I just want to know the odds because there's some. I've heard there's some good stuff here. Joe didn't give me all of them, but there's some juicy odds out there. Well, who do you think's winning? Um, do you hmm. like The Rock at plus one thousand? The Rock at plus one thousand. I don't like the odds on that one. No, I don't like that one either. That's yeah. a sucker. I'm not. Right do, I'm not. I'm not doing so, The Rock at plus one thousand. Do you like Undertaker at plus ten thousand? Um. Wow. The Undertaker's at ten thousand. The Rock's at one thousand. Huh. Yeah. I like The Undertaker more than I like The Rock, but I don't like either, so no. Do you like Vince McMahon at t- plus 25,000? Uh, Come on, you can't like that. That's not that bad. Hey, Walter's on here. Hold I on a minute. Vince McMahon, Walter, what was it, plus? 25,000. That's worth putting a dollar on, right? No. No. He's on TV every week now. Austin McMahon. He's not getting Austin in there. McMahon is back. 1999 Royal Rumble. Vince is going to come out, throw Austin over the top rope to win the Rumble. Well, if he gets in there, he's not getting thrown out. No, that's what I'm saying. He won the 99 Rumble for the same reason. Yeah, in the the gimmick battle royal, (laughs) right? Right. Uh, The favorite is Big E at plus 350. (laughs) Roman is plus four. Is plus uh, plus a thousand. Is Roman even in it? I don't know. That'd be perfect. That'd be so great to have Roman as champion, just win it. You know, it's just perfect. Um, just, a, just a great encapsulation of the Roman Reigns push. He just wins the Royal Rumble too. You want to throw some money away? How about Braun Strowman at plus thirty three hundred? Braun Strowman at plus thirty three hundred. They gotta increase those odds a little bit, man. He's not in the company. Man doesn't work in the company, <laughs> right? That's a tough Samoa one. Joe is plus oh 4, Samoa Joe plus four thousand. Yeah, not good. I would say I don't think they're paying attention here. for our entertainment purposes. I will say plus four thousand on, on on Samoa Joe. Not a good bet. No, the Vince McMahon at 2,500 or whatever is a better bet than Samoa Joe at, at whatever he was. How about Braun Breakar? Ooh, okay. What's Braun Breakar at? Plus 5,000. Plus 5,000. That would be wild. Same odds as Cesaro. I think Braun Breakar has a better chance than Cesaro does, but uh, I, that's a little wild for even them. I don't think they're, I don't think we're ready for the Braun Breakar Royal Rumble win yet. But, uh, How about the ladies, Rich? Yeah, let's see the, the women's Royal Rumble match. The ladies. We have... Aaliyah at plus 8,000. <laughs> no. 
No. She's going to uh, throw up. She's going to go in the ring and throw up, and that's how she... If you could bet a prop bet on Will Aaliyah throw up, uh, that that I would put money on, but... Uh, how about Shotzi at plus 4,000? If you can find her, I guess. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that sounds like a terrible bet, too. <laughs> she can't find her with a search party, so... The favorite is It's Bailey at 400. Okay. Is she even that's coming back anytime soon? I guess... Okay, so I think there's there might be money to made. My my official stance is that I think there might be money to made on the Royal Rumble betting, uh, because it doesn't seem that they know anything about wrestling right now. So they're there's usually no pretty odds. reliable. They're usually pretty reliable. I don't know what happened here, but uh, there's no odds on the AEW wrestlers. Are we done with the ad read? Um, we can be. Yeah, mybookie.ag promo code voices double that first deposit. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. With my bookie. All right, yes. Where's Cody okay, Rhodes? So what's, no what's Cody on... Rhodes? What's Moxley? What's... No, there's no odds on oh. the AEW wrestlers because my bookie, unlike very dumb people, understands that those men have 0% chance of being in the match. Now, maybe they could put odds on there because stupid people would bet on it, but this could lead to our next topic, this whole Cody thing. So tell me if your read is the same as mine. Okay. My read is Cody legitimately was working uh, or did not have a contract for uh, that week there when I don't think Sean Ross Sapp was worked. I don't think he's reporting bad information. I think Cody Rhodes legitimately uh, had his contract run out. Uh, But I also don't think there was any chance whatsoever he was not going to resign and not remain with AEW because the man has two separate television shows on Turner networks uh, is obviously has no reason to leave. It would ruin a lot of things if he left uh, for himself. And I think both Cody understood he was going to resign. AEW knew he was going to resign. It was unspoken, maybe because he wasn't around for a couple weeks because of the health issue. They just weren't able to officially put the pen to paper. And uh, they put their heads together and said, Hey, you know what? Since you're legitimately not under contract, we can get we can win the news cycle for a couple days here. We can leak this out and tell people you're not under contract. And maybe it'll help us pop a number on Wednesday. But when you get here on Wednesday, we're just going to sign, seal, and deliver this thing. That's my read on it. What was your read on no, it? No, I, I, the exact same read. And, and I, I do want to say that I think initially, if you read Sean's report on Fightful, there is a little bit of a, hey, look, like, the headline was salacious. You know what I mean? Cody Rhodes, a free agent. You know what I mean? The headline yes. was salacious. Yes. The first few paragraphs were kind of salacious. We, we've got word that AEW, EVP, Cody Rhodes, you know, not resigned or whatever. I'm reading. I'm not reading it verbatim. I'm just kind of paraphrasing or whatever. But then if you read later on, it's kind of like, well, I mean, Cody hasn't been there. So maybe it's just that he hasn't signed his contract yet. And that's like anybody that was smart knew that was probably going to be the case. The problem, though, is the news cycle kind of went from there. And to Cody and AEW's credit, they didn't really stop that at all. They kind of let no, it go. No, why would you? Right. They kind of realized, oh, this is ridiculous. Like, there's a lot of people out here that think, like, you're legitimately a free agent. Where I don't know if that was the original intent uh, of what Sean was doing or what Fightful was. Maybe you can say with the headline, they, they did, you know, get a little too salacious. Maybe you should have put it in quotes or kind of like, you know, something that – but, but yeah, the way I, – I, I don't want to give all the blame. Obviously, to Sean and Feifel, because they, they were the first ones to report it. But what then ended up happening then later is a bunch of people that probably didn't read the whole article, read just the headline, found out about it on Twitter or whatever. Then you had this firestorm of, oh, my God, Cody Rhodes is a free agent. He can do anything. Or, oh, my God, he can go anywhere. He can be on the Royal Rumble. And it's like, what are you – for four fucking seconds, think. Why would this guy do that? In yeah. what universe would Cody, who has fought for 
since the moment he left that company to get his dad's old trademarks, to get the American Dream, to get war games, to get the, to get all these old pay-per-view names and get all the stuff that his dad created. He spent countless hours, probably a lot of money as well, to get those copyrights away from WWE and to him and to his family and where he thinks they belong. He creates a new company <laughs> to compete with them. He is one of the principals in the entire company. He's an executive vice president of one of those com- of that company. He's got two shows on Turner Bre- <laughs> Networks. Yeah, yeah. For four seconds, think about this. Why the hell would this I mean, guy show up in the Royal Rumble? And it was, un- I couldn't believe it. And, and again, to their credit, they realized, oh my God, these idiots are buying this. <laughs> like these idiots, And they didn't say anything. And then Cody makes allusions to it in a promo because he's a worker, because yes. he's a wrestler. Yep. It's great. It's, it's, everyone is so bad. All the wrestling media is so bad and wrestling fans are so dumb that these guys own the news cycle with something that should have been as innocuous as possible. That yeah. was just, Cody hasn't been there to sign his contract. So when he signs it, he's going to sign it. But Every, to their credit, they owned it and they got the news cycle, and it probably played a part in that rating. <laughs> I'm I, sure it I did. believe I believe they leaked it, and I don't. So you you think it's a little more salacious than okay? That's fine. Or, or you think that they well, they well, were a part the of thing. that? Yeah. I I think they leaked it, and because it was technically true, their conscience is clear. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think they took advantage of a legitimate scenario where he was in fact not signed. Because here's why I think they leaked it. Nothing ever gets out of that company. It's so hard to get. You look at Sean Ross Sapp. Compare his the the, the number of WWE scoops he gets versus AEW scoops. Right. It's not even close. He doesn't get anything from AEW. Dave Meltzer. Anything he gets from AEW is like from Tony Khan himself. And it's what Tony feels like telling him. You know, it's like news doesn't come out of there. They run a tight ship when it comes to that stuff. So... For something like that to leak, I think it was an intentional leak to try to win the news cycle for a couple days and to work up hype for Cody's promo on Wednesday, which then, you know, we knew Mox was coming back late in the game too. So they kind of ended up with a double dip, two intriguing promos on one show, and both of them did very well in the ratings. I think it was just to drum up a little interest for that. And now, of course, Cody's going to play it up in his promos. Why wouldn't he? Of course. Yeah, worker. So... You know, I you know, I, I think it was probably something that was legitimately true, but both sides knew he wasn't going anywhere. It was just a matter of getting pen to paper. And hey, let's have some fun and take advantage of this thing. And if it wasn't, it worked to their advantage anyway. Like if it was something that legitimately did leak out against their wishes, then it ended up working to their advantage anyway. So um I don't know. That's my whole read on that. I don't know why anybody ever thought there was a realistic chance of any of these AEW wrestlers showing up at the Royal Rumble. We're that still Mickey we're, we're still thing, caught we're still caught in this forbidden door thing that was yes, the Mickey James thing, which the Mickey James we're, thing we're, made everybody go. We're insane. multiple layers of dumb here. What are yes. you doing? Stop this! Stop God, this insanity! It's Mickey James. <laughs> She's going to get thrown out in six minutes. Right. They called Mickey James. They booked her. She called back and said, hey, I'm Impact Champion. They went, ah, shit. All right. They called Impact and said, hey, can we use Mickey? And Impact said, sure, go ahead. Oh, hey, by the way, can you name mention us one time? And they went, yeah, sure, we will. And that's it. That's the extent of the conversation. I'm positive that's how it went. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey. Yeah, you can book her. Can you just mention her once? Yeah, sure. Mention that she's Impact Champion. Cool. We'll do that. Yeah, Yeah. great. All right. Cool. Thanks. Bye. Done. (laughs) Just you could use her if you're gonna plug us. Right. That's it. 
they weren't even aware she was champion more than. Oh no, God, no. And now everyone thinks some AEW people have theorized that Vince McMahon didn't even know he fired her. He's probably like, ah, give her what about Mickey? <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> uh, we fired her, about- Vince, and put her uh, stuff in a bag. Ah, God damn it! Well, Th- this one's gonna make you go nuts. Do you know the Ringer podcast? Oh, <laughs> you know this is- just stop. Just no. I don't go- even no. Don't go on. I don't care. This anymore. can't go anywhere good. The Ringer podcast <sighs> said they were excited potentially seeing <laughs> Stardust in the Royal Rumble. Oh. <laughs> yes, Cody Rhodes is going to go back as Stardust. Stardust. They, That's okay. what they were excited well, about. Earnestly were excited about that? Yes. Like, like not even, like, legitimately. Cody's a free agent. Maybe we can get Stardust <laughs> in the Royal Rumble. We would love to see that. Rich, this is our competition. This is why I send you unhinged 5,000 word word documents in the middle of the night with ideas on how to grow the show because it sickens me that people listen to these other shows. It sickens me. This is the competition. They want Stardust in the Royal Rumble. (laughs) Imagine Cody after all he's done <laughs> over the last decade, or what he's done over the last five years to completely transform his Nate and go back as Stardust. Yeah, but I get you know they, what the thing is though. The thing about this is they'd probably do that. Right. Well, yeah. It, well, no. What I mean though is like other wrestlers do that. We talked about this last week yeah. with Mickey James, where she could have made a stand about this. They yes. threw all of her shit in a trash bag and said, "Get the fuck out of here. You're gone." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a literal trash bag. And then six months later, they say, hey, can you do the Royal Rumble? Sure. <laughs> Couldn't wait to come back. <laughs> right. So, like, I get why these fans think that if they called Cody and said, ah, Cody, you want to do the uh, Rumble? And he went, sure. Uh, how about Stardust? Yeah, great. Like, because most people would. But I do think that Cody uh, has a little bit more pride than that. But uh... they brought back Bully Ray as Bubba Ray Dudley. Remember the fat suit? We are convinced still to this day that when they brought him back, they put him in a fat suit. People tell us that that isn't the case. It's I don't the case. It. It's I don't believe fucking it. the case. You the, see him two months prior. He's slim. He's yes, thin. Yes. We knew it at the moment. We did a show not that long after. We tweeted out about it. You can find the if you go to the archives of the Royal Rumble at 2014 or whatever. And you say the minute Bully comes out, I think the tweet is they put him in a fat suit. Either he gained 45 pounds in two months or they put yeah. him in a fat suit. That's some method acting by Bully Ray to gain all that weight back. He fought so hard to lose. So he right. He was in great Bubba shape. Ray Dudley in the Royal Rumble. And his head um, wasn't fat again. His head was still skinny. <laughs> right? Because his head was fat, and then it got skinny, and it never went back fat again. So the nail in the coffin for me, for the Cody thing being a leak, was Meltzer said when he reached out to people, nobody would t- call him back or mm, talk to him. They didn't want to lie to and, him. Yeah, and I talked about this behind the paywall. And that tells you they didn't want to work him because they either have too much respect for him or they they were. There was just no good way for that answer because they'd be lying one way or another. He's either going to see through it or you're going to he's going to lose. You're going to lose the trust between the two of you because you're going to have to work him. You know what I mean? So they just avoided him, which is the best way to handle it. I mean. On a much, much smaller scale, I'm not comparing. We've sent DMs to people, and they just no-sell it, and we're like, okay, they don't want to... You know what I mean? Like, you know what the deal is with that. So it's like, that was really for me. All right, well, this was leaked. 
Because if they were mad that that story was out there, they would have got right on the phone with Dave and gave him like the re- if it was like okay if the oh they definitely no fake. they definitely didn't care that it was out there one way or another they they yeah. they saw it probably the way we saw it, it was like or oh if these they idiots thought, or or if it was fake right you know they, they would have the first thing they would have done they would have called Dave Dave wouldn't have had to reach out to them and they would have said no we're gonna give you the real story here or here or give Dave the version they want out there they either didn't mind that that version was out there or they put it out there one or the other. That's why they avoided Dave. And now we have fucking Ringer Wrestling Podcast, Fantasy Book, and Stardust in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> and probably doing tens of thousands of more downloads yes, than yep. we do. Mm-hmm. And, and polluting the wrestling fan base more and more yeah, and more. And, yeah, and, and feeding – and wrestling fans have to listen to this bullshit from these awful podcasts. What does Kate on deck think? Let's get her take. Yeah, it's... Maybe not. So that's the Cody thing. Uh, I do not think he's coming at the Rumble. My bookie does not have any odds on uh, on anybody uh, from AEW on the Rumble yet. But uh, there's still time for the Forbidden Door to swing wide open and for it to just be a parade of geeks and then probably Hornswoggle or something. <laughs> so like, No time for that. None. No time whatsoever. Um, oh, my God. The Royal Rumble. All right. What if Cody what, – listen, what if Stardust is in the Royal Rumble now? Is that our biggest L to date? Oh, it would be a big L, yeah. It, wouldn't be, it, would, it, would, it would replace our other big Cody L um, yes. from, from many, many, many moons ago. Yeah, but, uh, yeah another Cody-related We've L. been wrong about Cody a few times, so, yeah, it would be – that's, not, that's not your fault. That was my fault. That was all me. But uh, It was not a good, a good authority. You know what I mean? It was, it's not was, a good authority. It happens, you know. You whiff, so you come on and you say, all right, yeah. I got bad info. Sorry. You know. Um, what else we got on this show? Let's do another ad read. Yeah, let's do that. Let's talk about the uh, the, the flagship Patreon, Joe. Uh, FlagshipPatreon.com, VoicesWrestling.com slash Patreon. Patreon.com slash VoicesWrestling. Tons, like a, a stupid amount of stuff this week. We actually should have planned it better. Because uh, we ended up posting like four things on one day because we're just dumb. We don't really know what we're doing. We just kind of post stuff as we go. But there is so much stuff. This week on the on, on the flagship Patreon. So obviously every single week you get the live flagship for ten dollars. You're listening to this live. You you can be in the No Dopes chat room where we make fun of you and sometimes Joe blocks you, uh, but sometimes we're helpful too and, and we do actually respond to you as well. So there's that. Uh, that is every single week on the ten dollar tier. The match of the week you released it this week. Uh, it was it was a doozy. You want to talk about the match of the week that you released this week? Because uh, I unfortunately watched that match and. Uh, you got to have some good and some bad as well. And that's I think that's the good thing about the match of the week is that it's not always great. Sometimes you get Abdul the Butcher and Rip Rogers, Bob Geigel and Mike George. So The idea of match of the week is not to just do the all-time greatest matches. The idea of match of the week is to just do uh, random matches throughout wrestling history yeah. to spark discussion. And this week was Abdul the Butcher and Rip Rogers versus Bob Geigel and Mike George. I, was, I thought you had an air. I swore to God. I was like, Joe, you put 1987 here. There's no way Bob Geigel was wrestling in 1987. You, you, must, have, you must have met 1970. No, no, you met 1987. I, Bob Geigel in 1987. Yes, 63-year-old Bob Geigel in a... <laughs> And a no DQ. Still looked like he could whoop your ass though, which is pretty cool. He's, he had old man strength look to him. Like he did have old man strength look. Yeah. So that was a bunkhouse match on top of everything else. But that was from the Central States territory. So that was this week's uh, match of the week. A new yes movement went up this week. Chapter three. Yes. The yes movement. Uh, we also had 
uh, written piece by Rich 30 years ago today, the look back at the uh, 1992 Royal Rumble. Uh, of course, that's the famous Royal Rumble, the uh, the Ric Flair victory. It's great. Uh, Hulk, it's, Hulk Hogan yeah. yanking Sid out of the ring and, and all of that. Yeah, so. this is absolutely incredible. See, I, I go over how, you know, obviously it was 30 years to uh, this day a couple of days ago on, on January 19th. And I, and just how it's like, to me, one of the most perfect wrestling matches of all time. One of the perfect wrestling things of all time. Everything is great about it. The production's great about it. The crowd's great. The commentary is great. The roster in the Royal Rumble's great. The, the, the structure of the match is great. Everything is perfect. It's just an incredibly perfect uh, match. Far and away the greatest Rumble of all time. And, and, and one that really kind of lives on its own. And, and, and all of the Rumbles kind of stink when you think about how much... They're not as good as the 1992 Royal Rumble, but uh, yeah, that was a, it's a fun little written piece that I didn't really mean to, and then I just kind of started writing words, and then I ended up with like 5,000 words when it was all said and done or whatever. So yeah, uh, go check that one out. Yeah, and then there's uh, we did a recap of the results of the one Hall of Fame, so there's nearly two hours of audio recapping the results of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame. Uh, also this week, another NFL Intelligentsia with myself and Jesse Collings taking a look at the Wild card weekend recap and previewing the divisional round. Those have been getting over with the listeners uh, very well, those Intelligentsia episodes. So uh, there's just a ton there. Uh, each week there's a ton of content. That's just the con- new content that went up this week. So uh, $5 gets you just about everything. $10 gets you literally everything, including all written content and all live content on the Voice of the Wrestling Patreon. It's, uh, it's an absurd value. There's just so much. It's up. stupid. Yeah, we're, we're, I'm, I'm we're trying to in my head. Money. I'm trying to think of the amount of hours. So that yes, moving episode is about an hour. I, I go over pretty much a yeah. year and a half of Daniel Bryan's run uh, leading up to SummerSlam uh, 2013. So it's about an hour there. Uh, the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame 2021 re- results show that was about two hours. So we're at about three hours right now. Uh, and Tangentia, how long was that one? Over two hours. Over two hours. So, <laughs> so we're at what now? Uh, almost five hours. Yeah, almost five hours. Uh, Flagship Live, that's live. You're going to get three hours three of content hours. there. Uh, Thursday TV reviews, probably an hour, right? Yeah, I forgot to mention Thursday TV yep. reviews because that's every week. So I forgot about that. So that's another hour of audio content every Thursday. Uh, the written article you put up this week. I've got a new uh, batch of match reviews coming up uh, definitely sometime this week because those are just about done. I did the uh, Deanna Peraza versus Roxy title for title match from Impact. I'm going to have uh, Walter versus Nathan Frazier and then Gunther versus Roderick Strong. Both of those matches will be reviewed and then uh, two other matches as well. So there'll be some new match reviews up at some point this week. Uh, so, yeah, it's just a constant stream of content on the Patreon. And uh, I have no idea why if you would listen to this show, you wouldn't subscribe. The only reason we don't raise the price of the Patreon is because then it's a pain in the balls to go back and make sure everybody can listen to everything on the new price tiers. Right. As we found out when we, we, we added the $10 tier, it's kind of annoying. So yeah, you're kind of stuck right now for a little while. Probably just going to stay at 10. Listen, it might keep some food off the table, but uh, we're all about the listeners unless uh, Patreon comes up with a way to seamlessly, uh, uh, raise the and price. You better hope they don't. Yeah, you better yeah. hope they don't. And it won't be about you anymore. It'll definitely be about that food. <laughs> that food. Yeah, we did that food yeah, on the table. Uh, Big Egg Scrambler, too. My my, my journey through uh, yes. Tokyo Dome undercards. I uh, have three in the can right now, so uh, they are going to come uh, over the next couple days as well. That was the first. I had one scheduled, and then I saw all the other stuff we had, and I said, ah, I'll give these folks a, a little bit of a break, and it'll come later this week. But yeah, there's some fun stuff in there, and there's some pretty atrocious matches as well uh, that we're going to talk about pretty soon here in the Big Egg Scrambler. We had people so. in the Discord saying, 
There's too much audio. Right. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yeah. Slow down. I've got too much audio. So that's a good sign. Yes. When people and paying customers are saying, you're giving us too much. Pump the brakes. So uh, that's what's been going on behind the paywall. Absolutely. Um, um, this is also a busy week in uh, in VoicesWrestling.com as well because uh, our match of the year is coming to uh, a close here, the match of the year voting. If you are listening to this and you are a member of the wrestling media, and we always have to kind of specify that, and people always say, what? Let listeners vote or let patrons vote. We don't want to do that. We've always done this as a media-only poll. There's a lot of other places to go where you can get match of the year countdowns or you can get match of the year, anything like that. This is a media-only poll. It has been that way since 2013, and it will remain that way forever. It is a media-only poll. So if you are a podcaster, you write for a wrestling website, you own a wrestling website, you write for the newspaper, and sometimes you cover wrestling, if you are a media member, you can reach out to us at voicewrestling.com slash M-O-T-Y 21 dash request, or you can just email me at M-O-T-Y at voicesofwrestling.com, and we will send you a ballot. Balloting ends this Sunday at midnight, so 11.59 p.m. Central Time uh, on Sunday. That is the final time to get in your ballot. When you do that, we will close the ballots. Everything's closed off. We will tabulate the results, and then those will get released uh, next week, and we'll probably do a Patreon show as well where we reveal the top 10 like we always do. So another good time to join the $5 tier because you're going to get uh, the top 10 uh, for match of the year before anybody else gets it. So that's that fun. It's it's an interesting – it's a very interesting ballot this year. I have, For the first time, I am not privy to the results. I haven't looked yet. Yeah, because we got a whole oh. new system here. It's all kind of automated. Yeah. So the fun, the fun of me going in there and tabulating results and being like, "Oh wow, this match is moving up." It's not quite that way, but it is still kind of fun to log in and a bunch of new ballots come in and I look at it. And I will tell you, there are three matches. One of those three matches is going to win. But the the thing is, in prior years we've had like you know three or four matches that that stand among all the others. But then as we get closer and more ballots come in, one and two kind of emerge, and that third one kind of falls to the back. And then number one emerges, and it's really not even that close when it's all said and done. I'm telling every time I refresh that thing, one through three changes every single time. Wow! So there are three matches that that are going to be the top three. They are f- very far ahead of four, five, six, seven, all the other ones before. Those are definitely going to be the top three. We're 115 ballots in, I think, right now, and I cannot with any sort of confidence tell you which of those three is going to win this thing. So, uh, And that's a first. That is absolutely a first uh, of that. I have no good read on it. I have no good guess. And every time a new ballot comes in, it it, it surprises me because it moves one of these three up or down or, or somewhere. So it'll be a fascinating poll to follow. But a lot of, lot, of, lot of new voters this year as well, so that's always really cool to see. All right, so again, wrestling media member, voicewrestling.com, M-O-T-Y 21-request, or just email me at uh, M-O-T-Y at voicesofwrestling.com, and I will send you a ballot, if you're a media member, of course. All right, let us get to GCW, right? I guess so. Are we ready? GCW, the world, without the O, though, Joe, it's W-R. LD on GCW this Sunday, January 23rd from Hammerstein Ballroom. It'll air on traditional pay per view. So if you want to uh, pay your cable company, there was a while there where it was $5 to buy the show, I think. And I think it has now increased uh, to 15 if I remember correctly. But uh, it is what? on. Tra- yeah, sorry. It's on traditional pay per view as well as Fight TV. Voicesofwrestling.com slash fight, by the way, if you're going to order it on Fight, that helps us out a little what bit. What day is this dopey thing? Sunday, Sunday January 23rd, Joe. Yeah. 
Let me see how much. Yeah, see what it's showing on your thing as well. Because when it was five dollars, I was thinking, "Fuck, I'm just gonna order this thing on traditional pay per view and sit back." Not that I don't mind fight voices. You are such a cheap. You are such a cheapskate. The ten dollar difference is good. Well, now I'm just gonna watch it on fight. I think it's like the same price on fight, so it's just a little bit easier. But now I'm I'm probably gonna buy it on the the pay per view. It's a lot easier. What the fuck is this? Ric Flair and Tito Santana unleashed. Whoa. It says... Is this like a shoot interview with Tito <laughs> with El Matador and I don't Rick know Flair what it is. Here's what it says. Spartacus? Spartacus and El Matador or shoot? It says seven ninety five. Okay. Mature. Oh. You will have a front row seat when Ric Flair and Tito Santana battle for supremacy as they take on wrestling's all-time greats. What? What is Okay, buy this? this. You gotta buy this. I have to buy it. You have to buy this and it has to be patreon.com slash voices wrestling. Let me see when Please. it's airing again. Next up is CZW Battle of the Beasts. Okay. Then Female Wrestling's Most Violent. Ooh. Then Wrestling. Well, that'll be that'll be uh, uh, Thunder Rosa and uh, <laughs> Britt Baker. I'm sure you know gory self mutilation. So. Then Wrestling's Bloodiest Wars Evil. Evil I, has Evil been in that many bloody matches? I don't feel like he has. But Wrestling's Extreme Wrestling Insane Hits. Sammy Callahan, the Death Machine. <laughs> Couldn't pay me to watch that. Oh my god! It says before he was the world heavyweight champion. Okay, he was the death machine. See Sammy Terry before he was the world heavyweight champion. Yeah, he was the impact champion. See Sammy tear through the combat zone, taking on all comers. Comers with a U, by the way. It's comers with an L. The fact that you believed that it was coming. <laughs> I thought you. it for sure. <laughs> CZW girls with a Z, baddest girls in the ring. Okay, okay here it is. All right. It's on again. 4 a.m. Ric Flair and Tito Santana, colon, unleashed. Okay. Now, do you have a way to, to, to DVR that? So you order it and then DVR yeah, it? Yeah, I could order it and record Hell it. yeah. You got it. We got – what is that? What is that? I don't know. It says – um. Yeah, you will have a front row seat when Ric Flair and Tito Santana. Okay, I, I, I just, I did the look just to make sure. Uh, yeah. El Matador never, uh, never uh, teamed with uh, one Ric Flair ever. Uh, in, no, no, so. no. See, look, I think it's dueling matches. Listen, you will have a front row seat when Ric Flair and Tito Santana battle for supremacy as they take on wrestling. Oh, uh, I see. Ring. I read that as they're advertising to you that, that Ric Flair and Tito Santana are going to be wrestling, but I see what you're I saying. So I you're going to watch some random mid Atlantic match with Ric Flair. Well, yeah. Something WWE doesn't own. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, because they own mid Atlantic. Yeah. What the hell could they even show then for it's on this? It's on the channel that shows all the CZW pay-per-views. That's right. What those right. Other right. Ones are like the, the CZW library and it's the same price and it's the same length. So this is one of those CZW deals. They must have acquired tapes from some fucking territory that Vince doesn't own. And there's probably two Ric Flair matches and two Tito Santana matches. They don't even tell you what the matches are. I have to order this. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, you got it. It has to be ordered. Man, so um, I'm thinking Tito the, – the Tito stuff has got to be like – it's got to be like recent Tito, right? Because they have to have everything. Because Tito came up through Mid-Atlantic – Georgia, they own all of Georgia, right? Yeah, AWA. Yeah. Obviously, WWF. ECW. 
Yes, um, all Japan? Or are they showing random all Japan Tito Santana matches? Like, so where? What are these? I have to order this. Right, match. right. I'm just trying to think because um, then he was in WWF already, like couple. So it, his earlier part of career is, is GCW or, or, or Georgia Championship Wrestling, Mid Atlantic. They own both of those, like you said. Yeah. AWA. They own all that. Then he's in WWF. I don't know. Something in Texas. I guess. Yeah. I don't Blan- know. The Bland the Blanchard territory. Does WWE own that? The Blanchard territory? Uh, you know, I'm not sure if they do or not. I don't know either. I don't know the answer to that. You know, Maybe that's it. Maybe it's Houston wrestling stuff. So That's positive. You know well, what? Gino, what little Gino Hernandez. Oh, that's probably where they get everything then, right? Yep. It's Those probably Houston the Houston. It's the Houston stuff that, that McMahon doesn't own. Yeah. I bet you that's it. Because that's one of the rare ones that, that he doesn't own. So, yeah, you're going to get some some sh- uh, <laughs> some Gino Hernandez versus Tito Santana and some... Uh, I probably won't even be that good. Yeah. I was going to say. Well, I'll tell yeah, you what. Not, yeah. It's got some stiff competition at 4 a.m. though. You Uh-oh. know what's on the other pay-per-view channel at that time? Perverted Peaks, Panties Exposed. Ooh. Perverted Peaks. Perverted Panties. Peaks, panties Exposed. Peaks is in P-E-E-K, right? Yes. Okay, Peaks. So we're Peaks. P-E-E-K-S, okay. P-E-E-K-S, okay. yeah. Panties Exposed. Mm. This one says... Panties, uh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We love perverted. We love talking perverted peaks under their skirts. Cute butts are totally exposed. We love her cute panties. These sexy slutty girls in tiny dresses drive us crazy. Going up and under the skirt gives us the best view. I will also tell you, Rich, that every one of those sentences ended in an exclamation point. <laughs> so it's just it's just two hours of upskirt videos. Like... I think it's two hours of upskirts. Yeah. Oh God. For ten ninety five. That's unbelievable that people are paying for that. 1095. Um, yeah, that's... All right. So let's see this uh, Sunday, which, by the way, Gr- Griffin brings up a great point in the chat room. He hopes it's Triple A's Tito Santana. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's random, like Ric Flair stuff from like 1976 when he's all yoked up or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that's all right. Then all of a sudden it goes to Triple A. <laughs> it's Hugo. <laughs> You know what? That's not even false advertisement. That's you know you like you paid got, for Tito Santana. You got Tito Santana, so I can't even complain. You know, I could always turn on channel one twenty two for Naughty Moms spread her wide legs. So uh, you know, if I'm unhappy with the Tito Santana right. action, is, now is that ten ninety five as well? Uh, Naughty Mom spreads her legs wide is what it's called here, yeah. and it is. Uh, oh, God damn it! I think I ordered it. Um, <laughs> Shit. Well, he canceled this. <laughs> Tell me how it is. Yeah, I guess. Um, Naughty Moms spread her legs wide is. Oh. I'm you just know, trying technology. To f- I'm trying to figure out the value of, of Naughty Moms spreads her wide legs versus the upskirt video, which doesn't There's sound no pr- that appealing. There's no price on this one. Free? Um, here's the other thing. I don't think this show is on DirecTV, this, uh, Hammerstein. Show. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Well, then I guess I, I will try to it. find out. Um, it says to be announced at Sunday at seven or whatever. Well, would it surprise you that GCW wouldn't actually wouldn't have their shit together and, <laughs> and have this thing ready to be ordered? No, Rich. It would not surprise yeah, me. It would not. Um, yeah, I'm looking through. Let me, uh, let me uh, see if I can get it on. What's uh... it, is it Sunday 8 Eastern? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've got upcoming Chile versus Argentina in a uh, oh footy in the footy in the footy. We've got Ecuador Brazil. Naughty Mom spread her legs wide. Uh, Sammy Callahan, the Death Machine, a re-airing. 
um, if you didn't catch it the first time. <laughs> I want to make sure you wanna... get it on the replay. <laughs> and that's it. There's no paper. And on two pay-per-view channels, it says to be announced. I'm okay. sure that's where it's scheduled, where it'll eventually be scheduled. There you go. But I can't tell you how much it costs. And I can also tell you that I will not be buying it. So that's the other, whether it's on there or not. It's Sunday. I'm trying to beat Tom Brady. If you think I'm sitting there and watching 19 fucking game changer scramble matches on my Sunday night when I'm trying to knock Tom Brady out of the playoffs and possibly retire him and possibly go to a Super Bowl, you're out of your mind. I mean, give me a break. But uh, let's preview the show, Rich. Yeah, let's do that. So as far as I can tell, Xfinity, I cannot find it on there either right now. So um, Ah, well, I'm I'm stunned. They had to cross their T's or dotted their I's. Stunned. Uh, all right, yeah, so there you go. Because uh, I have on mine, <laughs> it's a new segment. Yeah. Joe and Rich read their, uh, I'm typing in wrestling here to make sure I get everything covered. So there is a W, there's a W. I got Wrestling's Bloody Wars 25 to Life. I got Wrestling War Classics, Wrestling's uh, Bloodiest Wars, Wrestling Ernest Hemingway. What? I don't know what that is, but there you go. So a lot of wrestling's bloodiest wars. Um, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Wrestling Jerusalem. You got that too. <laughs> I like this one. I might order this one. Wrestling's bloodiest wars. Lawyer up. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. I don't know if I want that one. <laughs> wrestling's bloodiest wars. Guilty thugs. Hmm. And now I'm in Iowa wrestling and Big Ten wrestling and stuff. So okay, we're uh, we're I think we're done now. Okay, yep, it's over. You had a different selection than I have. I do. All right. I cannot find. I you can't even Google this Ric Flair Tito Santana thing. So have you already ordered I, it? Because you got it. I guess I'm gonna have to order it. Yeah, please do, please do. I, I need the report back of what tapes, what matches, what what we're watching here. But anyway, yes, let's preview uh, GCW's This World on GCW. Again, voiceswrestling.com/fight is probably going to be your best option given what we just went through. Uh, your main event: John Moxley versus Homicide GCW World Title. Uh, ROH world title getting defended here. Jonathan Gresham defending against Blake Christian. Okay, can Christian. I just say yeah, something about the main event? Yeah. Um, is Tony Khan getting a piece? Is he getting a taste here? Uh, that's a great question. Yeah, it's a great question. If I were Tony Khan, I would demand a taste of this because now, okay, this isn't just fight. This isn't just, you know, some GCW show somewhere that's going to draw 700 fans or whatever. This is traditional pay-per-view which means they're now competition and not competition in the sense that, you know, they're going to overtake AEW or whatever, but you're using one of my contracted wrestlers that I'm paying a seven figure yearly salary to in the main event of a traditional over cable satellite pay-per-view. You are now competition. And I'm not sure I would let John Moxley work this show unless I was getting a taste that's all I'm saying. I don't think the show's going to do a tremendous amount of buys. Um, but that's not the point. The point here is that's my wrestler and you're using him in your main event. And now you are now competition to me because you're on pay-per-view. Am I being a dick or does that make sense? No, no, I, I agree. Yeah, he's, he's, he's main eventing. He's on the poster. He's clearly the biggest draw uh, of everybody on these shows. And yeah, I mean, the draw is obviously, I mean, I guess one of the draws is that it's GCW and it's sold out anyway and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I agree. You're using one of my contract talents. You announced him before I did. 
That uh, would have annoyed I the I would be shit out of very me. upset about that, for sure. I don't know if Tony Khan is upset about that or not, but when GCW announced Moxley's return to wrestling before AEW did, if I were Tony Khan, I would have been irate. That would have that would have bothered me so much. That is that now he may not care. I would have cared though. Yeah. That's uh, the money I'm paying that guy. I'm announcing his return first and he's going to be on my show first, which he ended up, you know, they they had him on yesterday. So he they beat it by three days. Or and whatever. they are rushing a match with him, too. They're getting him already on Friday in a match. But again, like, I don't know if, if I'm them. That's not the plan that I wanted to have with him. Yes. I would have been a little bit. I wanted to announce his return. Right. I, I, yeah. I want to be in control of it because he is my. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I'm with you. And, and I do wonder, yeah, that now that this is on, you know, it, it is on pay-per-view. And there is speculation that possibly in the GCW tag team title match that FTR is the one that and not like you're using a lot of my talent on this show. And like, yeah, if you're on pay-per-view, you're doing all this sort of stuff. All right. Well, like, you know, Mr. Nice guy in, in, in one sense, but also, yeah, like you're saying, I, I need to get a little bit back then. <laughs> you know, I'm, I gotta be making something out of this uh, as well. You can't just be using my talent to sell your show and, and, and not give me anything out of that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's totally fair. That's not being an asshole. And it's, yes, it's fine being an independent contractor and letting these guys work these things or whatever, but it, it, it changes the game a little bit when they're announcing guys before you, they're on pay-per-view, they're selling out buildings, you know, that's a bigger deal than like, yeah, go work, you know, insert random into here. Yeah, that's not that big of a deal, but if I'm is- AEW, I don't give a shit about fight TV. Okay. I don't give a shit about random shows. I don't care if about yeah. fight TV, but once you start going on traditional pay-per-view, well, now you're using my wrestlers and now you're going head to head with me. Right. Right. Because, right. You know, whether it's a fraction of whether it's a drop in the bucket to my budget or not, my customers now have other options to watch my wrestler wrestle on pay-per-view that don't involve me. I'm sorry. I'd want to taste. I, I, you know, I, I you know, I, that's I just business. You know, yeah. Whether you like it or not, that's just business, man. And people yeah. might think I'm being a dick, but I, I would not go for this, you know, and. They announced his return first. I don't know. I was, and then, it, and then all of a well, sudden, I mean, find look, out if I grabbed half of this show and uploaded it to something else that you don't get anything out of, like, right? Like, if I had another YouTube channel and I clipped half of the show and uploaded it, yeah, yeah, no, it, and yeah, you would say, I, "Hey, Rich, like, what's this thing?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, me and this other guy are uh, uploading these shows here." And you'd say, "Well, uh, yeah, where's my taste?" Yeah, you know, I'm in that show. Can I please have some of that? No. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I was just, it's, and then all of a sudden, Moxley is announced for Dynamite when he wasn't originally, right? And like you're saying, now all of a sudden he's wrestling on Rampage before this show, mm-hmm. right? I, I don't, again, I know nothing. Don't go running the Reddit starting threads. I don't know a thing. All I'm saying is it's a little sketchy. And I wouldn't be surprised if the AEW side's a little annoyed here. And I could be totally off. This could all have been the plan all along between, you know, Lauderdale and Khan and, and Moxley. And they're all on the same page. And I'm just speaking out of school. That is entirely possible. I'm just saying the series, the chain of events is a little, uh, um, you know what my five-year-old said to me yesterday? The five-year-old says to me, dad, you're sus. Ooh. You are the sus one in this house. He's not wrong He's either. Five years old. This whole situation's a little sus, as the five-year-old uh, says. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. What, what was the sus situation here? I have no idea what he saw. He just came down the stairs and okay. said it. All right. I think he just saw it on a YouTube video. He doesn't even know what he's saying. Um, but, you know, 
He said, you're the sus one in this house. I was like, oh, all right. I don't know where this animosity is coming from. I didn't know we had heat. (laughs) You know? I had no idea we had heat. He doesn't trust you. you. Yeah, he doesn't trust you you anymore. You know what he did today? He comes down the stairs, and I hear this is what I hear. Uh, uh. I'm like, what's going on up there? He's walking down the stairs with like his arms out, uh-huh. he's wobbling. He's stripped down naked. He's just wearing his underwears, <laughs> right? And he's wobbling down the stairs. And when he emerges from the staircase into the light, he's got like black streaks all over his body and his face. And I'm like, what's going on? He goes, I'm a zombie. He got into his mother's makeup Uh-oh. and 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 drew streaks all over his body and bite marks on his neck. And he's like pretending he's a zombie. I'm like, this is no good. Now I got to get you cleaned up. I have to explain how I let you get into the makeup. I have no idea if these are like expensive cosmetics. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, right? did you make a mess upstairs? Like, what does it look like upstairs? <laughs> it was this all on the carpet. Is it all over the place? Yeah. There's a lot to and- worry about there. Yeah. There's, that was such a problem. And this kid just decided, you know what? Maybe maybe he's a big fan of Tim Arson. Maybe he thought he was the ECW zombie and he's just coming down the steps, you know? And, uh, you know, maybe I should have clocked him over the head with a Singapore cane and completely completed the scene. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he comes down the stairs naked with his underwears, pretending he's a zombie. Interesting. I, could, I couldn't figure out what how he did it. I'm like, are those mar-? And then I figured it out. It was his, He got into his mother's makeup. So. Man. Um, yeah, the kid. Zombies know, are everywhere, man. Yeah, I get it. Every video game is zombies, and everything is zombies. So I get, I get. Yeah, they're they're. It's a great time yeah. to be a zombie. So he's calling me sus, and he's he's cosplaying as a zombie. This is what goes on around here. <laughs> this kid. So, you know. Um. But anyway, no, I think it's the whole situation is a little, uh, a little, odd. a little sus, Joe. Yeah, it's like little, you're like, it's a like, little sus. It is a little sus for sure. Now, obviously, this match was probably supposed to be Moxley versus Gage at some point. Uh, so they're doing Ga- uh, Moxley homicide instead. Gage is nowhere to be found. Still, he's still completely missing in action. Lauderdale is still dodging the questions. The post guys, to their credit, asked him directly, "What's up with Gage?" And he gave another gimmick answer. First on Twitter, he said Gage is in Tibet becoming a monk. And to the post guys, he said Gage is on the West Coast studying to become a uh, the same kind of deal, a minister or something like that. Or yeah, he's some. And he's dodging the answer now. Now look, Gage might pop up on the show as a surprise. That wouldn't like necessarily surprise me if if they just are keeping him as a surprise or. Now that he's available, they're keeping him as a surprise, but he might not show up on the show. And if he doesn't show up on the show, I think finally the Game Changer fans and some people who haven't really been paying attention or noticing are finally going to raise an eyebrow and say, okay, where the fuck is Nick Gage? Right. He has to be on the show. I mean, the, the he point has like, to be on the show. The, the, if, if I understand people saying, oh, he's got an injury, he's got this, he's got that. This, this show doesn't happen without Nick Gage. Game Changer yeah. Wrestling is not in any universe running Hammerstein Ballroom without Nick Gage. So. If he's not on this show in some capacity, coming out to beat somebody up, coming out to cut a promo, coming out to open the show, coming out to do something, then yeah, it's high time we start saying, okay, what's actually going on here? Because <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It, 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 now is the the oh well, he's he's rehabbing injuries or oh this he needs to be on the show in some capacity. That this and, and even if he is re- like then that tells me something that tells me something even if he is just like rehabbing an injury or whatever. The fact that they couldn't figure out a way to use like there's something you know what I mean there's he, he has to be on the show one way or another yeah. he has to be on the show because this show exists because of him he is yeah, the most important yeah. person Brett Lauderdale yes did a lot of work to get GCW up to this point 
Brett Lauder could do whatever he wanted in any universe. He doesn't get to a Hammerstein ballroom without Nick Gage. Nick Gage is the reason they're here. Yeah, and if he's not on it, I mean, if he's quote-unquote injured, he could still be there. I mean, and th- this is when people will finally raise their eyebrows yeah. and, and, and say, where the fuck is he? If he doesn't show up here. So, and I don't know whether he's going to show up or not. I have no idea. I mean, selfishly, I hope he does because it'd be fucking awesome to have, you know, an entire Hammerstein ballroom going nuts for yeah. Nick Gage would be fucking great. So I hope he comes out. I really do. And, you know, and, and finally, some room, the rumors are starting to get around of why he has mysteriously disappeared from Game Changer. I'm not touching him. If you want to seek him out, go find him yourself. I am not, that is one I'm not touching. I am not touching it. Okay. But it's fine that, you know, some of those rumors are finally starting to leak out, you know, and stuff that we've been hearing for months and months since he disappeared. Um, and we'll see, you know, and I'm not, you know, those rumors, I, I can't confirm or deny any of them. And I'm not, I'm not talking about them. you want to seek them out as a listener. You can go find them. But this is going to be where the rubber meets the road in terms of the relationship between Nick Gage and Game Changer Wrestling and whether he's on the show. And I think this is where people will finally take notice because if it's a random game changer show in fucking wherever the fuck, and he's not there, it's like, well, you know, it's game changer. It's not like they're, you know, sometimes people aren't on shows, but it's weird that he hasn't been around since like October. Yeah. And, and the question is always God. Right. Right. And I can, I can buy that he's rehabbing an injury or they're saving him for something else, but you don't save him off this show. He needs, he he 100% has to be on this show. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, and he's put out some cryptic videos of his own where, you know, he's saying he wrestles for the fans and not any of these fucking promoters and stuff like that. So listen, you know, you, people can read between their own lines. I don't know. I don't know anything. All I know is he hasn't been around and until post asked Brett directly, no one was even asking no, questions. No. It was like, no one even cared. Like, isn't it? Oh, hey, Nick Cage, no where's he at? <laughs> yeah, nobody. No not, one thinks no. it's odd that You're the right. guy just dropped off the fucking planet. No one has, has raised an eyebrow or thought to question this or thought it was strange. I mean, but uh, all right, so we get Moxley and Homicide instead. Yeah. Which, okay, Homicide, as far as the match goes, Homicide personally has never done a thing for me. I'm just not a Homicide guy. Even peak ROH when I was going to all those shows and he was the hottest thing in the company, he was never my guy. So I don't know. It, it's it's a good main event for them, though. Yeah, it'll be fun. The crowd will go nuts for it. Yeah, it'll have a good vibe yeah. to it. But uh, yeah, it's I don't know. I, I I think I am looking forward a little bit more. I think I like Homicide a little bit more than you do. But yeah, it's yeah, hard. That's to, fine. It's yeah. not quite. It's not like, yeah, I I, I envision something in my mind when when if, if GCW is finally making this huge, 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 huge moment. It's a bigger match than Moxley and Homicide to me personally, but one that means more to that company, I think, than, than John Moxley and Homicide. But that's fine. Yeah, Game Changer fans, they're they're happy with Nah, this. they're fine with they're it. They're there to yeah. party. Yeah, they're they're sure. all right with you know, they're not gonna approach this the way the way we will. So you have Gresham versus Blake Christian for the ROH title. I assume it'll be under Gresham's pure rules. I would uh, assume so. I don't know if they've announced that officially, but I would assume so. Because Gresham, that's his gimmick and everything, and um they're going to do Gresham Bandito on the on the ROH return show in April, the first independent ROH show. Um, which I mean, we talked about that. I think we said, look, if they're saying they're coming back in April, I, they'll probably come back in April as an indie, and it looks like they're going to because they already booked that match. Uh, the Briscoes against I don't fucking know. Do you know? No, I've heard uh, some speculation that it's possibly FTR. I, I've heard some other speculations, some other teams. None of them really sound. I don't know. I mean, FTR would be. Fine, I guess, but man, here's the thing about that. 
Again, if I'm Tony... No, I'm booking that match. I tell you, fuck off. I'm booking FTR in the press goes. What exactly. are you guys doing? Yeah, no. So <laughs> what that would tell me is if they do FTR, that tells me that Tony Khan has no interest in the Briscoes. Because if Tony Khan has interest in the Briscoes, why would you let another company have that match? Right. You're going to want that match. So... If it is FTR, that tells me the Briscoes are never coming. Uh, yeah, that would be a, yeah. So I guess that's something to watch for is whatever team this is that lets you know do the Briscoes matter to to AEW. Yeah, it, it, it so, might be a great. Uh, and I hope they do. I want to see them there. I'd rather. I, I wish the Briscoes would drop these titles and stop working these shows and just come to AEW uh, where I can enjoy their work. Um, team Bandito, Bandito, ASF, and Laredo Kid versus Arez. Uh, Demonic, Flamita, and Gringo Loco. So that should be a fun six-man. Jeff Jarrett versus Effie. Um, They obviously built that match when Jeff Jarrett showed up as a surprise and busted the guitar over Effie's head. Cardona, Janela, which was built with the Ric Flair, Randy Savage, 1992. 92, right? Uh, Yes, yeah, 92, WrestleMania. With the fake photos and everything. I had her her before you had her. I forget what the line was that Ric Flair did, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Or she was mine before she was yours, I think was the line he said. So, so if I'm going to bash Game Changer every time we talk about them for their lousy booking, I have to credit them. The Cardona-Janela match and the Jarrett-Effie match have been well-built. Yes. They, yes. they did angles. The angles feel hot. And they did a good job building those matches. Uh, Ruby Soho versus Ali Catch. What, real quick, the Cardona yeah. stuff, I think from beginning to end in GCW has been pretty great. Yeah, I, I mean, there's agree. some stuff that I don't love about, like, the commentary. But, like, if you forget the commentary and that you just take, at its face value, Cardona, what he's done in GCW, I think it's been tremendous stuff. And they've created, like, the biggest heel in the entire company, and they're booking him against the perfect guys every single time. They're booking him against Gage. They're booking him against this. And now here, booking him against Janela and Hammerstein is perfect. They're, they're He's going right up against the GCW originals, the GCW faithfuls, all those sort of guys, and it makes it really awesome. So I, I, I've i been all in on the Cardona stuff, and he's busting his ass. He is working his ass off. If you thought this guy was going to come in and feel like he was bigger than the Indies and all that sort of stuff, no, not at all, man. He's, this guy has dove headfirst into this, and he'll do whatever it takes to get this over uh, and make this a big deal. So cred, all yeah, the credit in the world to Cardona, all the credit in the world to Chelsea Green, who's not afraid to get in there uh, and, and muck it up either. I mean, yeah, they have busted their ass here, and it's been it's been a hell of a run. Uh, if, if I don't know if this is the end, I don't know what it is, but yeah, for the last six months or so, the Cardona stuff has been great in, in GCW. I really enjoyed he it. Wor- he works super hard everywhere he goes. We talked about that last week. So, um, we're being told in the room that it's too cold Scorpio and Scotty too hottie versus the Briscoes. Has that been announced? Uh, it's in the chat room. So All right. One sec. Let's see if fucking I can. around, but, um, if that's the case, I don't have any interest in that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's no, I'm good. Could, couldn't care less. Um, Ruby Soho versus Ali Catch. I mean, I you know, I can I can go without seeing that match if I'm being honest. That's got real. Um, here's the thing with with both people. Yeah, and I like Ruby Soho, and I've been she's more. Overrated. She's overrated though. She's overrated. Yes, the thing with Ruby Soho is when she's in there with another really great worker, it's yeah. usually a good match. Yeah, if she has to be the really great worker in a match. It's usually not great. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, I think she's overrated. That was uh, that's not the Briscoe match. I see. Way, we're being told now. So, um, but anyway, yeah, I, I, that might, that has real blow anything, up potential. It, it might not be anything any better though. To be honest, no, yeah, that might be something like that. So, um, 
Hopefully it's a decent surprise. I don't know. I don't even know if I'm going to watch it. I guess I have to watch it. You got to watch it. Yeah, we're doing the show, man. I mean, okay, to be fair, the show will probably be very – this show is probably going to blow the doors off of you if you're a Game Changer fan. Like, you're probably going to love it if you're a Game Changer fan. And I am not a Game Changer fan. I have obviously no? not been shy about that. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. All right. Yeah. But I, but I'll be fair. I mean, this is a better lineup than a way better lineup than a typical game changer show. I'll say that. Is that fair? No, yeah, for sure. I mean, Jared, Jeff, Jeff, Jared, and Effie, and Cardona and Joey Janela are both built matches, like matches with stakes, been built with promos, all that sort of stuff. That already exceeds a lot of GCW matches, right there with those two uh, matches there. Adding in, then you know, you have Moxley in there in the, in the main event and some some other stuff there. But I think Cardona and Janela and, and, and Jared and Effie. Those are two matches that I think already I'm looking forward to more than pretty much any GCW match I've seen over the last year because there's actual stakes to it. They've actually built it up. They've been promos. They've been run-ins. They've, these are real stories that are being told, not just, you know, pick names out of a hat. Okay, you guys are going type of stuff. And and this crowd is going to be red fucking hot and is going to yeah. lift Yeah. Oh, it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. From that purpose is so, more than the, – the crowd that's there is going to understand – the situation and understand how and big of a deal this is. what they need to do to help right, you. Right, exactly. Right, and, and, these, yeah. and some dorks will tell you that that's bad. You know what I mean? Like we got that with AEW. All these AEW fans, they just, they love everything. That's good, you dumbass. <laughs> it's yeah, like we got that yeah. from WWE fans. Well, anything that AEW does, people cheer for. That's good. ECW yeah. could do anything back in the day and the fans would go fucking ape shit for it. Ring oh, of Honor. Well, some stuff. I get your, I get your point. Yeah, yeah no, I meant like yeah. most everything. Yeah, sometimes they weren't they would, afraid to shit on. No, them. if something yeah, sucked, they would tell you it sucked. But if, yeah. if they thought something was good, they thought it was good. And that's correct. I think that's the GCW fans too. I think they're pretty. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're there to have a good time and just fucking and 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 yeah, they're there to have a good time and help everything get over. Right, There's right, wrong with right. That. They feel like they're a part nothing of the company, that. and that and that yes. is that is true of any great independent wrestling company and 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 any great wrestling company is with they feel that they're a part of making you great. They're going to do that, and they're going to play their part. Ring of Honor had had oh, many, many years where the fans felt like they were a part of making Ring of Honor great. ECW had it. GCW had it. Many other great companies have it. And, yeah, so that's it's the atmosphere is going to be awesome for sure. It's a great venue. It's a really cool venue. If they do a good job of getting in there and, 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 and making sure there's good production for it, they can make it look really good. I'm very curious about that because GCW usually doesn't make stuff look really good, but this is a, a real good opportunity for them to get into Hammerstein. They should be there today, you know what I mean, and, and, and setting this place up and getting this place ready because uh, it could really, really look awesome or it could look really low rent if you don't. Uh, 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 you know, work on it and make it look solid. So I'm, I'm curious on that standpoint I too. I don't think they care. Their whole identity is just yeah. I guess yeah. We're a trash bag indie, and we don't care, and we're rejects, and and we're the overlooked, and that's like the whole vibe. So I don't even think they necessarily give a shit. But we'll see. Um, I mean, they let Kevin Gill do commentary. How much do they care about these? That's things? true. They don't. They don't care. It's like part of. But the people who like Game Changer like the shitty presentation. Like the charm, yeah. There's a charm to it. That's that's the whole like that's the vibe. Um, ladder match: PCO, Alex Cologne, Tony Depp, and Leo Rush, Jimmy Lloyd, Jordan Oliver. You cannot do death matches in New York, so you can't do death matches, sharp objects, all that stuff is banned by the New York State Athletic Commission. So guys like Alex Cologne and Jimmy Lloyd are kind of. 
you can do the like a ladder match. Yeah. Either plunder that way, but you can't do death matches and things like that. That is a little. I will say that is a little disappointing for their their, their biggest show and their biggest moment. That yeah, they're not gonna be able to do any of that stuff. And that's I'm not obviously a huge death match guy, but I I would like there to be a couple. You know what I mean? Because that's really their aesthetic. That's really one of their big that's, things. So that's one thing they do. But to be honest, it'll make it a better show for me because I don't have any interest in that. Show. Sure, I just don't. Know, you know, there's a few guys there that I, I think are really gonna be hurt by not being able yeah. to. And and like. You know, Alice Colon is a great example of that. I think he's one of the, he, he's to me one of the better deathmatch guys in terms of a guy that really does structure a deathmatch in a way that, that that I like. I don't know if I like Alice Colon just in a ladder match. You know what I mean? I don't really know if I like Jimmy Lloyd in a ladder match. Uh, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how these guys work. It's going to be a whole different style for them. They usually kind of kind of rely on the the not necessarily the cheap pops, but the uh, you know some of the easy things to do in, in deathmatch situations. And now they're going to have to find a different way to do it. So yeah, I don't know. I a lot of these guys, I don't want to watch Deathmatch or otherwise, honestly. But uh, how much can I mumble under my breath? Yeah, Jesus Christ, God! Pre-show, pre-show battle royal, bunch of fucking names. Who knows? They just keep adding people. Cole Randrick just got named like seconds ago. Yeah, they're they're just. How many people can they like? I don't think they're interested in how much of a like. If, I don't think this is about the bottom line for them at all. I mean. They keep naming people that they have to fly into this thing who are going to be in a pre-show battle royal for eight seconds. Or Psycho be in a Clown. Match. He's yeah, going to be on like, the show, but he's not. We haven't mentioned Psycho Clown yet, so. So I, this is just a, a giant party. I'm not even <laughs> knocking it, but they're just doing this to have a giant party to say "fuck you." We made it. We did the thing. We're in Hammerstein. It's sold out. We're on pay-per-view. Every one of you was wrong about us. Right. That's what this is. Yeah, he's going to. Yeah, Lauderdale is going to get in the ring and 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 sub promo you and everybody else and say fuck all of you. Yeah, we don't care that we're trash. We don't give a shit because look at us. We're in Hammerstein. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, type of thing. That's what this is, and it's going to be their celebration. And to me, this is the nadir of all of this. I really believe that. I don't know where you go from here. Um. So the pre-show battle royal is gonna have nine million people in it. They keep announcing names like every fifteen seconds. I might be on it. I don't know. You could be. Mister JL might make an appearance. Yeah, I, I, I know. you know, yeah, yeah, um, I might, I might slide to those DMs. Why not? So the pre-show, and then there's a six six-way scramble: Grim Reefer, Alex Zane, Dante Leon, Nick Wayne, Jack Cartwheel, Ninja Mac, uh, Doctor Joyce Brothers, Dick Enberg. Um, just <laughs> go right down the line. Um, you know, there's going to be at least three or four matches on this show where it's just a parade of fucking names uh, that they're just shoehorning onto the show. Um, because, again, this is a look, if you're a game changer fan, this is a giant celebration for you. If you're there, you're going to love it. If you watch it on pay-per-view, if you could even buy the fucking thing, because neither Rich or I can apparently yet, uh, you'll probably love it. And uh, look, if you're not a game changer fan. You know, I, I I don't know. I mean, am I looking forward to this? I can't tell you I'm looking forward to it. Um, if I wasn't doing this podcast, would I watch it? Probably not. But, you know, I'll watch it on Monday afternoon or whatever or late Sunday night. And I'll find a way to watch it. And we'll review it next week. And um, I don't know. I think I've, you know, I, I have more. I, I'm less into this promotion than you are for sure. But I think I've 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 tried to be fair about it in in our coverage of it all this time, but um, and so I will say that the card on paper is is way more interesting than most 
game changer cards. I'll just say that. Yeah, and, and I, I, I think that's, that that's definitely a, fair. That's a nice thing to say. So there you go. But, uh, GCW, as I said, uh, potentially untraditional pay-per-view, but probably just going to have to do voices of wrestling.com slash fight uh, instead if you want. So that is uh, this Sunday. All right, let's talk about an indie that uh, did uh, happen this week. Terminus. Uh, happened this weekend. It was the debut show for Terminus. All roads lead to here. The debut was on Fight TV as well. Voice rest in the slash fight. Uh, a little bit of a snake bitten show in the fact that, yes, you booked it in January in Atlanta, and you usually hope that there's not a horrible snowstorm and ice everywhere in Atlanta in January, but there was a horrible snowstorm and ice everywhere in Atlanta. So a lot of people couldn't make it to the show. A lot of wrestlers uh, last minute, their flights got delayed or they had no way to get there, all that sort of stuff. All told, they had a pretty, most people showed up. I would say there was a few people that obviously couldn't make it or whatever. The the card didn't get decimated as much as it probably, uh, uh, maybe, maybe many people thought it would have, but, uh, Ultimately, Terminus, I think a mixed bag to me uh, on the debut show. I There was stuff I liked about this show. There was building blocks that I think they have built for the future. All in all, can I recommend this show? No. Did I think that it was a good show? No. Do I think that Terminus has potential? I, I do. This show was... N- it wasn't. It didn't. It didn't blow my door. I, it, it didn't. I don't know. I, what do you think of this Terminus debut? I'm trying to be the night because I think that there's a lot of potential there, and I like the concept of Terminus. I just don't know if the de- debut show landed with me all the way. Okay, so I thought it was dull. I thought it was a little boring, and I liked it. I know that doesn't make any sense, but. No, I mean, if you watch, I get it. I get it. Because I thought it was boring as hell, too, but I also liked it. So it's weird. If you watch the show, it makes sense, what I just said. It's like, I believe that this promotion is going to fill a very important niche in the indie landscape. And a niche that wrestling fans like you and I have been wanting to be filled on the indie scene. Um, They have to iron some things out. but. I appreciated the fact that they had a clean, professional-looking ring. My God, did I appreciate that. It looked professional, the ring. And I know that sounds silly, but, like, you know, compared to the promotion we just talked about where half the time the ring is lopsided and has tears in it and they just don't look like they care, this is a clean, professional ring. That was great for starters. Everybody on the show was a, at minimum, a good, solid, professionally trained wrestler that wasn't wearing basketball shorts and a t-shirt, and uh, you know, and 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 it's it's it it kind of fills that old evolve niche that we haven't had on in the indie scene since evolve went away. And I think that there's potential there with the presentation, and it. it it's hard to, it's 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 weird because I didn't think it was an exciting show or even necessarily a good one, but I enjoyed it and when I was done watching it, I was like, I hope this thing works because this is way more up my alley than Game Changer and VXS and kind of the trash bag indies. Or, you know, the wrestling is for everyone stuff with the irony stuff and, and everything. This is just no nonsense. Sports presentation. Um, you know, it, it, everyone's it, trying to go out there to win their wrestling yes, match at that time. The, the goal exactly. of every single match was to win. 
They're not going to book death matchers. They're not going to book um, uh, irony wrestlers. You're not going to get Dan Housen on these shows. No offense to Dan Housen, but it's like we needed something with this vibe, I think, because there's really nothing out there like this since Evolve closed up. Yeah, so, Blood, Bloodsport would probably be your closest. Uh, Bloodsport goes too far yes, in that direction. Yes. I still want it to be pro wrestling. Right, and that, want... that has been my issue with, with recent blood sports is that it's starting, especially when Josh Burnett started to take over it a little bit more. The first blood sport felt like wrestlers fighting one another. Yes. Recently, it feels like fighters fake fighting one another. Yes. And that's not what I want. I want wrestlers. <laughs> I and want I'll wrestling. Watch that, and I'll watch that twice a year. Yeah, exactly. You know, and sometimes it'll land and sometimes it won't. This this is just this is pro wrestling, but the wrestlers taking it seriously. It, it's hard to. Why is that hard to explain? That should be what wrestling is. Uh, it's it's yeah. a hot take. It's a hot take from people. So yeah, but I, I I liked it. You know the short time limits and and um, they did exactly what we said they should do. They had somebody go in there and do two fouls and get disqualified with Moose. Right, which is great. Which they had to establish the, the you know that and Moose right being the guy that. that did it is perfect too. Perfect. Um, you know, Gresham and Alexander, they did the double pin. I think Gresham does these kinds of cute finishes a little too much. You see it a lot with him where he does a double pin or, um, a controversial fall at the end of a match or something. I think he tries to get a little too cute with this stuff, but as was pointed out to us, this could have been a political finish with Josh Alexander being impact Gresham being ROH champ. And, you know, maybe Impact didn't want Alexander losing. I don't know. I mean, that, that's possible. But I thought the finish to the main event was a little too cute. But this is a promotion where I will go out of my way to watch their shows because this is the kind of indie wrestling that we haven't been getting and that I like and that I want to see. Um, you know, so, uh, so I have to say, you know, even though they have some things they can work on, the pre-show was one of the worst things I've ever seen in regards to pro wrestling. The production was fucked up. The audio was screwed up. The content was awful. Dropped the dopey pre-show. That thing stunk. It was awful. Uh, and I was worried that the, the, those production issues would leak into the main show. Right, and they were having some trouble uh, getting the show off the air as well. Like, it, the countdown clack went to zero and then restarted and went to 30 again. You're like, oh, okay, all right. But I understand. Obviously, there was a lot of things going on in the building and uh, around the area that, that caused that. I That I imagine they would tighten up, but I, I agree. The, the pre-show... Um, show whatever you would call that thing was was a little rough yeah so i mean you know i i'll watch it again and i and i hope it works i i really I, you know i i do i hope it works i think the indie scene the current indie scene could use a promotion like this you know if this were a few years ago when evolve already existed it might be redundant right but we don't have anything like this we, we really don't uh the, the, the kind of indie wrestling that's out there right now is is nothing like this so I think it fills a niche, and I hope it works. They were kind of snake bit with the snowstorm and the production issues their first their first time out, but uh, I, I'm looking forward, um, you know, to future shows. And I this is a promotion that even though I didn't love the first show, they hooked me to where I'm gonna pay attention to it until they run me off, and hopefully they don't run me off. But I am now paying attention to this promotion. 
Yeah, so I think one of the things that's going to help them in the future is I think just having better wrestlers all around. Because the style and the rules and all that sort of stuff, I think, are all good. And once people sort of learn how to work the style a little bit better, like Lee Moriarty and Josh Woods, that was the opener. I thought that was one of the better matches on the entire show because those are two good workers that get the gimmick and understand it. That was fine. You had a bunch of other guys up and down the card that I just don't know if they know how to quite do it as well. I you, think you know, they'll figure that out. I think, I think, think they will too. I, I think they will too. I think you're going to find out who gets it, who doesn't. Um, you know, like the the there was the uh, Dante Calabre, uh, Cala, what was it, Calabreo and 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 Joe Keys. I'm trying to figure out who the team was. I'm scrolling here. Uh, Freddie Ahai and Tracy Williams. That was awesome because those guys all got it. You know what I mean? They went in there and they just chopped the shit out of each other, slapped the shit out of each other, and just worked. And that was good. There was that. Bandito and Baron Black, eh, you know, and I know Baron Black's one of the guys, you know, running this thing or whatever. That that one didn't land with me. I thought that was kind of bad. I think that was a good match. And I don't know if that's Baron. I don't know if it's Bandito. I don't know if it's both of them. But that one really kind of stuck. I thought Kira Hogan and Jordan. Oh, go ahead. I could do without the four-way, but at least it was elimination and it was two guys in the ring at once. Right, right, right. But I could do without it. Like, like, let's have a promotion where we're not doing four weeks. Right, and I think you could have. That match would have been a lot better. And it's no offense to Invictus Cash or, or JDX. I think if that match was Daniel Garcia versus Adam Priest, it would have been absolutely a hundred times better than it was. And that's again nothing against those two guys. It's just those two dudes are awesome, and they know how to work, and they would have been able to nail it. Yeah, you uh, book Daniel Garcia and you put him in a four way. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think they'll figure out who to book for sure. And I think this is yeah, this was an early show. You're just kind of and like I'm saying, I think there are you definitely from the show. You 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 circle some names that okay, these people get it, and the ones that maybe didn't get it, you either say, oh wait, here, well, just so you know, this is kind of the rules, this kind of the style. Here's how you should kind of alter your work. Just don't go in there and have a match. Like Jordan Grace and Kira Hogan, to their credit, they just went out there and had an Impact Digital Media title match. You know what I mean? It yeah. that match could have landed on any other show, but you want it to feel and look a little bit different with the rules that, that are here. Whereas Mike Bennett and Moose, those dudes got it. Like you could say whatever you want about those two guys. They understood it. They worked to the rules to the point where Moose got the DQ, you know, or, or lost by DQ. So that was cool. You know, Diamante and Janai Kai, again, that was just kind of a match that they just kind of plopped in there. Bandito yeah. and Baron Black was the same thing. It was a wrestling match. And that's not really what you, there's a way to have a quote unquote wrestling match, but there's a way to also utilize the rules to their fullest and make. Well, the wrestlers are going to have to figure out right. how to work in this promotion too, because you get the 15 minute time limit and how to, like you just said, how to work the unique rules into the match psychology and those things. They're going to figure out who can be booked for these shows. And then the people working these shows are going to figure out how to work. To right. And I, again, and I give a lot of people uh, credit for even getting there to the show. And I'm sure a lot of the time that was spent, hey, we'll get to the arena early and we'll talk about this. There probably was a lot of those things that got delayed because, hey, I just got to the arena 10 minutes ago because this fucking snow. It took me eight hours to get here. Okay, let's just get in the ring and do it. You, you know, type of thing. I don't know. Yeah. But I think that with a little bit more planning, a little bit more idea, a little bit more careful. Okay, book ahead. You know, hey, here's our show in February. Here's who you're facing. You know, go over your match now if you can. Like, try to try to alter your style to what we do here because I think it's going to make everything a lot better. I think that's what's next for, for, for Baron Black and Jonathan Gresham is to let people know, okay, we're really trying to emphasize these rules here, so let's try to find ways to make your matches look and feel a little bit different than if you're wrestling for Beyond, if you're wrestling for AAW, if you're wrestling for AI, you know what I mean? Like, make it, we want to feel different. And too much of the show, I think, didn't feel different, but the stuff that did feel different was really good and did have me saying, okay, there's something here. There's definitely an element here that I like. So, yeah, I I, uh, I I saw it as kind of a breath of fresh air to the to the modern indie scene, but something where there can be a lot of kinks that need to be worked out. And and I see some upside, and I could really see myself 
sinking my teeth into this place if they get everything, you know, if they get there. Look, it's a first-time effort, you know, and and a lot of these new promotions don't look – it's a lot like a television show. You know, by season three, the show looks a lot different than it did in the pilot. Yeah. And that's kind of the same thing we see with these wrestling promotions too where they 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 change and no pun intended, they evolve and then they become what they're going to become. So this show is going to look a lot different than show number 10. I can guarantee that. But we'll see how it evolves and where it goes. I'm just happy there's a high-profile indie where I don't have to worry about seeing the Ally Cats or fucking Jordan Oliver or the same dozen people that we're seeing everywhere, uh, you know, that I might not necessarily, you know, enjoy their style of wrestling or whatever. And it's just going to be no nonsense. They're going to get in there and wrestle and it's going to be, this person wants to beat that person. Yeah. That's the story. And that's all I want. You know, I think indie wrestling could use that. That's all. I agree. And maybe ring of honor will be some of that too. When they come back with their repackaging. Sure. Absolutely. So that, uh, that was terminus. Uh, we have a review up at voices If you want to read that. Uh, as well, but uh, again, that was on Fight. If you want to watch the replay, wrestling.com slash Fight. So we got about a half an hour. That gives us enough time to talk about our last two topics here. Uh, we're going to go to Japan here. We'll start with All Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, we have, I, I don't know if we actually talked about this on the show yet because we've been so busy with some other stuff, but not. there is no Triple Crown Champion right now because Jake Lee, who finally won the title, finally won the big one, finally got his big moment, uh, he had to vacate the title. Yeah. Sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire with his title ring. He wasn't, but, but yeah, it's not the it's way you wanted COVID it to end. It's also COVID, and it's hard yeah. to tell. That's, you know. Um, but yeah, it's Japan. You get hurt, you can't defend, you lose the title. You're so. out. So yeah, he, he is done as, uh, as Triple Crown Champion. He had to vacate it right there. Uh, so All Japan is holding a tournament on January 23rd to crown a brand new champion. Uh, it is going. We have a preview up at VoicesWrestling.com as well if you want to get uh, Gerard's thoughts on who he thinks is going to win, who should win. But uh, essentially, semifinals, you have your first match is Kento Miyahara and Suwama, and your other semifinal is Satoru Ashino versus Ryuki Honda. So the winners of Miyahara and Suwama will face the winner of Ashino and Honda, obviously, in the finals. So that's all going to happen on January 23rd, so it'll be a must-watch show for uh, if you're a fan of All Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, some big stakes involved. It's a Triple Crown Championship. It's still a really huge deal. And uh, yeah, this can go a lot of different, unique ways, but... Uh, I don't know. It can also go some boring ways too. Where where do you see this going? Where, where, what's your 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 read on on this uh, triple crown title tournament? Well, I mean, obviously, it looks like Miyahara Suwama is really the final, right? Um, so, do you have Miyahara run through both of the runaway suplex guys, or do you have a runaway suplex final? They're not going to put the title on Honda. I don't think you know they've yeah they've Honda's signed out. It. Honda's definitely out. You know, Ashino is signed now. So that, as you know, makes a difference. He is now an official All Japan roster member when he wasn't before. But they could do the all tag team final or I don't know. I mean, you know, I would just like to see him just go back to Kento. I think he's the best wrestler on the roster by a wide margin. And in a situation like this, we're trying to provide some stability with the champion having to vacate. That'd be a way to go. But you can totally see them going back to Suwama here, too. I mean... He seems to be their comfort blanket. And I almost get the sense that All Japan doesn't want to put the title on Miyahara during COVID. It almost feels like they kind of want to stay away from that during COVID and maybe wait till all of this kind of clears up and they can draw real crowds and then maybe go back to that well. But I don't know. I, I think I, I do feel like the obvious 
scenario here, though, is that that semi is really the final. I don't yeah, know. I, I, I feel like it's got to be one of those two guys. I know, it like, yes, Ashina would be cool to do it, but I don't know that he's been properly built up for that. I want If they're going to do it with Ashino, I think there's a time and a place to do it, and there's a moment to do it, and I don't know if just kind of a thrown-together tournament because a guy had to vacate is the right time, or I don't know, maybe it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe it is. To me, the easy, easy selection here is is one of Miyahara and Suwama, and probably just end up Miyahara. But like you said, they have been kind of protected uh, 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 putting it on him, so maybe they just go right back to Suwama. I mean, that's the most boring <laughs> scenario of all of them, right? Like, I don't know. Is going back to Kento more boring, or is going back to Suwama more boring? I think it's going back to Suwama, right? Without question. Yeah. I don't want it on Suwama anymore. I mean, me but, personally, the most boring one is Salama, so... Um, I, I don't know if this I mean, is, is there I a want. 0% chance it goes to Honda? Like, that's zero, right? I mean, that'd be shocking. Yeah, it'd be shocking, yeah. Yeah, be, yeah. So that's but not I mean, Like, I think that's not And happening. Ashino, I just... I don't know if this is the... I don't know if they'll ever belt him up, but I know that... I don't, I don't know if this, this is the way they would want to do it if they were going to uh, belt him up. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, it, does it seem just too chalk to have Miyahara or Suwama go through? Would you shock the world and give it to Ashino? I mean, I don't even know what, that I would do that. And I'm an Ashino fan. I don't know if I want him winning it under these circumstances. If I do want to put the title on him, you know, even to begin with, but, um, I I don't know. I, you know, I don't. I don't really know how to. I, I I don't know how to make a case for either for anyone other than Miyahara and Suwama. Yeah, the Shino case. I mean, the Honda case would just be they. They just have gone nuts and just want to shock the world. And okay, who Honda or Ashino? yeah, the Honda, Honda, Honda. No, it's just. I mean, that's insane. It, it'd be way too soon. And the Yoshino one is just like, all right, well, we finally signed him, so now we'll do it, but. Could you do the thing where you send Honda to the final to lose a real tough match and kind of elevate him? Yeah. Because I think that's better. I, honestly, if you are going to go with one of Miyahara and Suwama, I don't want Ashino getting to that big spot again and losing again in a big spot. I'd almost rather have him get upset in the semifinal and then, you know, have to kind of build himself back up to get ready to whatever that spot is going to be and eventually maybe win that title again. Whereas if he gets to the spot and then Suwama just beats him again or whatever, it's like, oh, okay, we're done. Like, that almost is more geeky than just losing to Honda. Yeah, I like Honda getting the upset, and then maybe he busts his ass, but then in the end, Kenta Miyahara is just Kenta Miyahara. You can't beat him. Uh, he, he's obviously one of the best guys that's ever, you know, been in this company, so he's obviously going to beat you and just win the title. To me, I like that story a lot better than, I don't want Ashino anywhere near this finals, because if he's not winning, which I don't think he is, I do not want him losing again in a, in, in a big-time spot like that. I can understand that. I can understand that. Um, I briefly got kicked out, and then I jumped oh, back okay. in. okay, you're back. So you're back. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know what happened, but I got back in, and I heard everything you said. Um, yeah, no, there's a lot of different ways you can go. I guess if Kento or Suama are going to win, then that becomes the question. Do you want Ashino losing in the big spot, or do you want to give Honda a little run here and then have him come close and, and sort of to elevate him and then obviously lose to either Miyahara or Suama? So that's your decision. Yeah, I, I think I like that. Yeah, I think I like uh, – my best scenario would be, I think, Honda beats Ashino and Miyahara beats Suama, Miyahara beats Honda in, in the final. If they go back to Suwama, I feel like that my theory is correct and that they just don't want to do anything with Miyahara until we're in the clear with COVID, which 
to me probably means we just accept that we have to live with this thing. Do you think COVID's going anywhere? No, I mean, not for, not for, no. Maybe not ever, (laughs) but certainly not right now. Yeah, maybe it's just a thing that like we have to deal with, like like the fucking flu and pneumonia. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not going away, away. Like if you think it's going away, away, it's not going away, away ever. Yeah, I yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like we're not gonna wake up one day and go COVID. Done. All right. <laughs> Move on with our lives. Yeah, no. It, yeah, it, it, and I just I just think it's going to be something that exists now, and it's going to be like, ah, man, I got COVID. I couldn't go to work the last three or four days, and it's something that really old people are going to want to really avoid. Yeah. Like, I think that's just what we're dealing with now, you know, and I, and I, I kind of think that's going to be our reality, but who knows? You know, throughout this two-year ordeal, we've had such – Everything changes so often, and and I'm sure our takes have changed a million times. But that's what it feels like now to me. Like, no, we're reaching that point, and the next big step is going to be everybody just saying, you know what, acceptance. Yeah, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's for better or for worse. That is going to be the next step of just like, all right, look, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, some people are going to die, some people are going to get really, really sick. It's going to be awful for some people, but whatever you know and that's there's nothing we can do right it's going to be that yeah and that's that the acceptance stage is going to be coming very very soon i I don't know when or how or exactly you know but yeah that that's the next inevitable step is just all right look i think the more people who get it and then have just mild symptoms combined with people looking around and saying look we know some people this kills some people but the reality is 99.7 percent or whatever the number is of people, you know, under 80 fucking don't die from this thing, you know, and more people are just going to be like, be uh, responding with the way that you just said, like, maybe it's just a sickness that just exists now that we unfortunately just have to live with. And we could just keep working on vaccines and treatments. Cause we don't have, that's the thing. We don't have treatments for it. If we had treatments for it, it wouldn't like be that bad. Like we have a vaccine that kind of works, but really it doesn't stop you from getting it, but it stops you from like dying. But we don't like we have to figure out a treatment like we have treatments for other ailments. Right, right. We don't right. have one. for this. We know how to identify other tre- other things and we know how to treat other things. We don't know how to treat this yet. This they just tell you, ah, go home and stay away from everyone for seven days. <laughs> That's the treatment. It's just don't be in the same room with yeah. another human. <laughs> Keep yourself away from other people for a while. Yeah, <laughs> for seven days. Like that's not a viable treatment. You know, like that's what we gotta figure out. But uh, I don't know. That's the that's the all Japan tournament and some COVID talk. All right, and uh, yeah. So then let's uh, do uh, New Japan. Speaking of uh, crippling. <laughs> Uh, terrible, awful uh, COVID stuff. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, they're doing their Golden Series is coming up. Starting, uh, I think the tour starts today. Actually, not a ton of note until we get into February, though. So this tournament or this uh, the series of, of matches and shows just kind of chugging along until February. Uh, that's when you start getting some title matches. February 11th, you're going to get the Junior Heavyweight Title, uh, El Desperado versus Master Wato. On February 13th, Joe, I know your circuit your calendar for this one. Never open weight title, Evil versus Tomohiro Ishii, the rematch from Wrestle Kingdom. But this one is a lumberjack match. Yeah, so they're not doing those on the big shows, at least. No. Um, especially the never match. Like, you know, you won't, if you want to just watch the big shows on the 19th and the 20th, you won't have to sit through the lumberjack match. So with Evil, which is going to just be, you know, 
awful. So, you know, Despi Master Watto, you know, you might want to seek that out. Junior title match. Despi's running hot right now, and, you know, maybe he could have a good match with Watto. But then uh, the February 19th and 20th, which feel like are, you know, miles away at this point. It's only January 20th. I know. But this tour is really fucking long because they need, as we've talked about a million times, they need to sell every fucking ticket they can. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, the tour is going on. Yeah, like we said, it's starting today, basically, uh, and going on through these. And, yeah, the big shows don't really come until February 19th, uh, and that's going to be headlined by Tanahashi versus Sonata for the U.S. title. Uh, K- uh, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi defending against Evil and Yujiro for the IWGP tag team titles. Uh, and then the junior tag team titles, Flying Tiger, uh, they're defending against El Fantasmo and Taiji Ishimori. So those are the highlights from the February 19th. And then February 20th, uh, feels like a very little fanfare for this, at least now. Uh, as we get closer, maybe it'll get a little bit higher. But it's Okada and Naito. They're running that on February 20th. Uh, obviously, IWGP title, Okada defending the title. Uh, you also have a never open weight six-man evil show in Yujiro versus Goto, Yo, and Yoshihashi. And then the King of Pro Wrestling title match, Minoru Suzuki versus Toru Yano. So... Uh, yeah, so how big is this building? What building is? Are these this, shows? I believe, is... Let me make sure which building this is. So they're, they're is. doing Okada Naito. And I guess they're like, fuck it, we can't wait around forever. So we'll go back to Okada Naito. So this is in Sapporo. This is at the Hokkaido Prefectural Sports Center. Oh, okay. They're, in, they're up in that... Up north in Sapporo in that yeah. building where they run the G1 shows and everything. So... It's not the Sun that's Plaza, pretty, though, right? Isn't that in Sapporo? I don't know if that's in Sapporo. but uh, It's a pretty big building, so they'll draw a couple thousand. 8,000-seat venue. Um, they've yeah. done – they did G1 Climax, Night 1s. Oh, they do. They used to do a lot of G1 Climax, Night 1s there. I do remember that. Yeah. And the New Beginning yeah. and Sapporos are, are usually there as well. So Yeah, they usually go up there once or twice a year. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a big building. I, don't, I, I haven't been following it. I don't know if there's still restrictions on how many tickets you could sell or if – Aren't they doing it in, in Tokyo? Aren't they doing the thing where you could have full crowds, but they can't be audible? I don't know if that's actually – I don't know if they started actually doing that yet. So I don't – It not changes sure. so much. Yeah. It's just impossible to follow. But um, assuming it's still – you can't be any further away from Tokyo than Sapporo. So assuming they uh, – whatever rules they have there, if it's like – so they could draw maybe three or 4,000 for this if it's half attendance, which yeah. I guess – I mean, we sound real excited about this. Oh, we cannot wait! Match. Yeah, it's Naito and Okada, and we're uh, we're very fired up about this. Yeah, it like. yeah, it's. But uh, I would die. Torture chaos feud. We're real fired up about that too. As but, you said, like it's not my money. Yeah, but I would totally throw my money away to have fans cheer. Can <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. I'd sure. be like, what? I can sell a thousand tickets with fans can cheer. Fine, fine, <laughs> please, yeah. like. Yeah, but if it was your money, you would take the other option. I'm taking the, yeah, I'm selling 8,000, 7,000 tickets or whatever, 6,000 tickets or whatever, and everyone's clapping. For sure, for sure. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. why New Japan, and that's why Japan has done that. But, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully soon uh, we get it back in, in in Japan. It's not easy getting into these Japan promotions. It's not easy, you know. And then you watch the shows, and sometimes you like them. And other times you just rather be doing literally anything else. Than watching some of these Japanese shows, it's it's brutal. Mm-hmm. 
It's brutal. It sucks. Yeah. Because <laughs> it used to be a good thing that, like, ah, I'm bored or ah, American wrestling sucks. What's going on in Japan? And just watch anything. You know, watch all Japan. Watch Noah. Watch New Japan. Watch classic. Yeah. You know, there used to just be able to have a big Japan. What's going on in big Japan? What's going on? You know, there was always something. And you always at least got something of, of value out of it. Now it's just, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's brutal. It is not good. But uh, that is that. So that is New Japan. That is All Japan. That has been, uh, I think, this show. You got anything else? Nope. I think we're done here. So uh, as we mentioned, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling, an absurd amount of content. We've given you we've given you back about five minutes of your day because we're not going the full three hours. So we've you've given you back five minutes and you're gonna replace that with the like nine hours of audio that we've done uh this week over at uh, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling, also flagship uh patreon.com. Again, if you are a member of the media, you host a podcast and you wanna vote in our match of the year, please do that as soon as possible. Match of the year at voices of wrestling.com. Uh, is the way to do that. Contact me, and I will get you a ballot. Balloting is done this Sunday, so make sure you are ready to go by this Sunday. We will not accept ballots on Monday. We will not accept ballots on Tuesday. We're done. We're already starting to release the list by that point. So Sunday night, that's when it all closes. So you have to get a ballot by then. You have to ask for a ballot by then. You have to get a ballot by then, and you have to vote by then. So uh, if you want to do that, match the year at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Just email me, and I will uh, try to get your ballot as soon as possible. So... Uh, that's that. Other great stuff at Voices of Wrestling, Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. We've uh, added some new shows. Days of Thunder has been added to the podcast network. They're 50 episodes in. They, it's uh, Lee Malone and Dave Ryan. They are covering old episodes of WCW Thunder. Uh, and if you don't know about WCW Thunder, it is ridiculous. And it was ridiculous from day one. And it was ridiculous the entire way. And they are 50 episodes in. And it's going to get even juicier uh, as time goes on. They do a great job. So we're happy to add them. We also have The Next Pillar, which is a brand new AEW podcast. Uh, from Blake Hickman on the podcast network now. So that's uh, two new shows we've added in. A few more potentially on the way as well. So we'll talk about that uh, as, as, as they come closer and we can officially announce uh, some of those. So good things happen in Voice Wrestling uh, Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe to that wherever you listen to your podcast. So again, patreon.com slash voice wrestling, mybookie.ag, promo code voices. Make sure you do that. Uh, double your deposit up to $1,000 as well. So anyway, for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Creech. We'll talk to you next time on the flagship podcast. Take care.